Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 303 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. Someone where 303 actually means something to me. Matt, do you know what a 303 is? I don't think so. It is an area code. (laughs) It is a drum machine slash keyboard, for lack of a more simple way to describe it, that is common in acid house music. Mm. Um, And uh, probably one of the most well-known pieces of electronic gear for people who are into electronic music. Um, You guys may have noticed, they probably didn't, but (laughs) you may have noticed that the music that we were playing before today's show, it was all 303 music. Um, Mm. And I'm guessing Uh, probably nobody got that. I only know 808. (laughs) 808's another one. Yep, the 808 is a drum machine that is still legendary, still used in electronic music to this day. Um, My favorite drum machine. The 303 is more known for what's called the acid sound, which is this kind of squealy, squelchy sound that you can... Anyway, I'm going, you guys don't care about this stuff. But anyway, I thought I would mention it. <laughs> well, At least my to... tangents are about X-Men. And That's shit, true. <laughs> Although this is also some pretty nerdy stuff, by oh, the way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome to Game Face, episode 303. We have a big show for you guys today. Uh, Sony had basically its E3 2022 press event uh, since we were gone. Um, there are a couple big games we're going to talk about. We're going to get you lined up for what's happening over the next week with us as far as covering the Xbox and Bethesda press event on Sunday. Uh, there's lots of big stuff happening right now, and that's going to happen here in the very near future. Exciting times. Even though there's no real E3, um, mm. it's, I'm still pumped. Like, there's still big stuff happening, which is good. Um, I, I, I think my job now is to manage your expectations because I do not think that Xbox thing is going to... I mean, look, it's worth tuning in because you're probably going to get to see him cry. that's always worth tuning in for (laughs) like this is going to be dark souls versus shane except shane versus xbox bethesda's refusal to show anything still (laughs) why do you think it's going to be so bad i just don't think they have anything really i think i think i mean not Not even like can trailers of stuff like maybe but i i mean i just don't think they have i think we'll see hellblade and probably forza and that gears collection and they will desperately try to make you think halo infinite's going to get fixed and so you don't think they'll show Redfall or Starfield? I don't, no, they will not show Redfall. They will you, not, really? not show Redfall. I think they might show some of Starfield. Not even like a new trailer for Redfall? Maybe. I don't know what you show that's not... Gameplay. Uh, I, get, I, don't, I mean, I don't, apparently there's been betas going on for it already. Maybe. Like, But then again, beta footage. Yeah. It, it could happen, but like I don't know. Like I feel like they're not going to want you to think about the games that got pushed they're more delayed. Year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they want you to think about the things that are going to piss you I off. I mean, you basically. might want to... If they have some good... Idea, you know, if they want to show Starfield and be like, "Here's what you'll be doing," yeah, and I think people will be hyped about, you know, whatever Starfield's uh, game mechanics are. Sure, but at the same time, you could just as well sort of kind of knock that under the rug for now and and talk about it on eleven eleven. And yeah, they could then, just then, announce yeah. what you were talking about last week, which is, "Hey, we're actually going to blow out the game on eleven eleven instead yeah. of release it like we I said." Th- I mean, I th- they never. They never said that was the release date. Is that true? I don't think that. I mean, the trailer doesn't. It just has right. a date. So you could plausible <laughs> deniability your way into like, <laughs> oh no, that was just our big showcase date. Yeah. Do you do you buy that? I you mean, know, they did just, say this year, so yeah. yeah. But so they could, but it was going to be December. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. They may, they may pull something like that. I mean, everybody's going to know what it is. I mean, I mean, it would. I you'd have to treat that as like tongue and shit. You'd have to make, yeah. make it a joke. Have fun with it, and you'd have to kind of gauge whether people are ready to make that joke. Or yeah, not, you know. Yeah. I think people are probably over I mean, it. I would point. hope most people are just like, yeah, it happens. Like, yeah. it sucks. All the like, time. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely well, this year, happens. you better be used to it. It's it's really it really happened this year with all the freaking delays. 
Um, so like anyway. I'm sitting here just like, oh, I'm really excited for KOTOR tomorrow. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> okay. Like. Uh, some people have been asking me if we're going to do Keeley's thing, Summer Game Fest, because he is having kind of like an E3 press Something. event thing on Thursday. Yeah. But the more information that comes out about that, the less exciting it seems. I think yesterday he said, like, don't expect big reveals or anything like that. Yeah. So. I would expect a lot of stuff like Saints Row, like a new trailer for Saints Row, like new trailers for things that we've already seen like a good bit of. It really does seem like Sony held or corralled a lot of stuff for its state of play, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And probably Microsoft is grabbing the leftovers for its thing on Sunday. Um, So it looks like Jeff may be left kind of out in the cold for um, E3 or Summer Game Fest, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, Some some, uh, housekeeping from us. So we'll be here on Sunday. And that starts at 10. Is that correct? I think the press event kicks off at 10. or 11? I think it's 10. Okay. It's early. Like, they always do it. They always do early. You're always standing outside that stupid theater. Wondering, like, why are we doing this so early? Why is it 8 (laughs) a.m.? Why am I up at 8 for Gears of War again? Why wouldn't you want to do it at, like, prime time? Like, why wouldn't you do it at, like, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern? I think the idea on that, like, it was all these competing philosophies of when the best time to do your press conference. Like, like, Microsoft believed doing it early in the morning. You got in the begin, the top of the news cycle yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and, and then Nintendo liked to go after because, like, I think Reggie just liked to sleep. And um, <laughs> and then PlayStation, always Sony's always done it prime time. Sony's it made always- sense years ago. Yeah. But now it doesn't. Like, for a long no time, it was also, with them. well, for a long time, it was also, like, you had to space them out so people could go from one to the other. You know, like you yeah. had to, like you you had that big day where like Microsoft at like nine in the morning, then you you shuttled over to Ubisoft, and then you shuttled over to like Capcom or, or whoever was after that. It was usually an EA or EA usually had a thing in the in the early afternoon, and then you went over to Sony and Sony fed you. Yeah, and then you did the Sony one, and yeah. then like it, it was like a twelve hour day. Yeah, um, but a great twelve hour day. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. and like you got to see everybody. That was my favorite day of the year, probably. It was, it was usually the first day of e- where everybody was finally in town and people he hadn't seen at the bars the night before were yep. like everybody. So that was always a good time. Even, even I'll be admitting. I don't remember any of those better. EA press conferences, but I remember uh, <laughs> mil- like socializing between them. Yeah, yeah. So. Even better than Christmas for me, those days used to be. I was more excited about those days mm-hmm. than I would be to wake up on Christmas. Um, but that's not happening. Maybe next year. ESA just announced again. Well, the difference today. there is that when you're an adult, you know what you're getting for Christmas. That's true. You, you, it, you don't know what Sony's going to show you. <laughs> yep. Uh, the ESA did announce again today that it is doing both E3 as an in-person event and a digital event next year. I don't know what the tithing uh-huh. up today was. I guess. Yeah, uh, they said that last year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, all I can say is if they're going to relaunch that thing as an in-person event, they better have something. Yeah, they better be ready to do something. It better be special. something special for sure, or it could just be that people have just not had it for so long that maybe people are excited for it. I don't know. Everyone I've talked to, like that has you know that has been to a bunch of, it's like nobody misses it. Nobody misses I it. I do, like you do, but like you're about it. Like <laughs> yeah, ever, I might be it. <laughs> everyone's just like we can do everything through Zoom and email and phone. Like, like nobody yeah. needs to fly or drive to these things and do all. Like now, no look, one I don't miss it, it enough that I would like want to put people at risk like if we come around to next year and covid's still really bad then i'm not going to advocate to have the event but if things have calmed down by then Mm -hmm. i'm 100 percent behind i mean i'm i'm in favor of packer's party (laughs) if if e3 has to happen for that to happen then okay yeah but i don't i don't i i absolutely do not care about walking onto that show floor ever again in the rest of my life wow ever i miss Uh, the people i do not miss the event okay 
to circle back around to what I was saying a minute ago, we are not doing Jeff's Summer Game Fest thing live on Thursday. Uh, we will be back here on Sunday morning. Um, the Microsoft and Bethesda Showcase kicks off at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern for you guys. But we'll actually start our live stream around 9.30 a.m. Pacific or 12.30 just after noon uh, on the East Coast. Um, we'll be previewing what we think will be shown. We'll be doing some predictions for stuff that we think is going to be shown. Uh, stuff like that and having some fun. And then we'll do live commentary over the actual showcase. And then Matt and I will do our analysis after the show for 30 or 45 minutes. If you guys have been with us for any previous E3 events and how we do it, then you know what's going to happen. Um, it's good stuff. It's fun. I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are too. Um, and obviously, for Jeff's thing, we will be curating all the content from Jeff's big event on Thursday, the minute uh, that it goes down. Uh, so if you're just looking for archives of all that stuff, if you can't attend or watch the event live, just head to sifted.net and uh, everything will be there curated nice and tidy for you. And you've got to sift it by however you want to make sure you're only getting the genres and stuff like that that you really care about. Uh, what else do we got? Let's see. Tomorrow morning, I am shooting Pactor Factor. So consider this your last call to get your questions in for Pactor Factor. Uh, when I get back from recording this and once I get the show rendering, I'll start putting the questions together for the shoot tomorrow. So you have about four or five hours to get those questions in. Um, if you go to sifted.net, there's an article you can see right at the top of the website that you can reply to, or you can go to our Twitter feed at sifted games. There's a tweet there you can reply to, or you can go to our YouTube channel and just click the community tab. There's a place where you can ask questions there as well. Um, last time I checked, we did not have enough for this round and we're shooting tomorrow morning. Uh, so get those questions in people to make sure we have enough questions to do a good round of Pactor Factor. E3 is right around the corner. You guys should have plenty of questions around that stuff. There's a bunch of other things that have happened since we last shot as well. So make sure you get those questions in before it's too late. Um, and I believe that's it for all the housekeeping. Let's head to our chat and see what's going on with our crew online. Um, let's see. Let's thank all the people who subscribed with Twitch Prime, first of all, because you guys are awesome. And it makes a huge, huge difference for us. There's a bunch of you, too, which is great. We need it. Um, Jacob Dragon, thank you for Twitch Prime. Karma Lounge, thank you. Ptor91, thank you. Tiny2k, thank you. Talimper, again, love that username, thank you. Toast9, thank you, how you doing? EDH420, thank you for Twitch Prime. One Super Master Gamer, thank you. This is awesome. Um, okay, I think that might be, oh no, Casuality, thank you for Twitch Prime. Metal Gear, Metal Gear Jimmy, thank you for Twitch Prime. So many today, this is great. Um, Cinetike, I put in my pack question earlier today, great. J. Reed Vic, thank you for Twitch Prime. Aussie Brit, 2000, thank you for Twitch Prime. You think he's an Aussie Osborne fan, Matt? Maybe, <laughs> I wonder where he's from. Maybe he's from Australia. Could be. And that's why he uses probably. Aussie. It's one of the or other. Or Ireland. <laughs> it's probably from Ireland. Oh, okay. One of the three is my guess. J. Reed Vic, thank you for gifting <laughs> subs to our community. That is awesome. Oh, my God. Look who it is. It's Wiffleballa. Sam. Oh, yeah. Sam. What's up, brother? Our old TriCaster TD. We just talked about him, how we tried to find footage of him for Game Phase 300. And uh, we couldn't find it because he was only ever on camera like nice. twice. He's elusive. <laughs> but here he is in our chat. What's up, Sam? We miss you, brother. Hope you're doing well. I was actually telling people on the show that you are doing very well, that since you moved back out to Boston, your career has been going great. So congratulations. It's good to hear. And good to see you. 
in our chat, man. I hope you are doing even better than the last time I spoke with you. And that was pretty dang good. So, awesome. There he is, Wiffle Bala. What's going on, man? Good to see you in the chat. Wish we could, if, wish you could come out to L.A. and visit with us again, because I know one thing, my ass is not going to Boston. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we're just about ready to kick things off. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. A once-in-a-lifetime property is now available in northwest Montana, featuring 92 acres of gorgeous wilderness, approximately one mile along the Blue Ribbon, trout-rated Kootenai River, and an eye-popping view of the Cabernet Mountain Wilderness Area. This is truly an outdoorsman's paradise. You can use the restored and remodeled barn with living quarters as a year-round home, vacation cabin, fishing retreat, horse ranch, or cattle ranch. Contact Doug DeShazer today for additional pictures, information, and an opportunity to view this very special piece of Montana. And with interest rates starting to rise, now is the time to pull the trigger on a home or property. Even if you're not able to relocate to Montana, worry not, sifters. Doug DeShazer has facilitated home and land sales in California, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. He can find you the perfect real estate agent for the job, no matter where you live in the U.S. Feel free to contact Doug with any questions regarding real estate at DeShazerMT at gmail.com or give him a call at 406-291-1643. That's 406 291 1643. Big thanks to DeShazer Ryan Realty for sponsoring Game Face. We appreciate it very much. Um, Ozzy Britt says he or she is from Birmingham, England. Hmm. So, from none of the places that we said. Well, I was kidding because <laughs> um, an Irish person is not going to put Brit in their handle. Yeah. So. And then um, Sam says he misses us. We miss you too, Sam. Um, we definitely miss you, especially with E3 coming around. Those were always like the good times, I thought. We'd always go get lunch together and stuff. After yeah, Sam we... would know how that sound thing worked. That's true. Yeah, we're having <laughs> problems with our sound, Sam. <laughs> Maybe text me when the show is over because we have a big stream on Sunday. But anyway, all right, it's time to get on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off with, undoubtedly, the biggest happening of the past week, Sony's State of Play. I would argue, Matt, it probably was what Sony would have shown if it did have an E3 press conference. Probably. Minus God of War. I feel like they probably would have slid that in there somehow if they could have. Yeah. Still a pretty awesome state of play. One of the better ones that I can remember, like, ever. Yeah. You got you got your Stray release date. Yep. Finally. Yeah. You were trying much, to put the kibosh on it. Yeah, much sooner than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Come what, July something. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. But anyway, huge state of play. We're going to go game by game because there were some big boys uh, in this presentation, we want to talk about them all. We're going to kick things off with something that was rumored for a really long time, and it did come to fruition. And Matt, I will just say this. It seems like all rumors are true now. I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time that there was a leak or a rumor where it ended up being false. I mean, I, I can, but they were stuff that no one took seriously. Yeah, like you know? most of the like, big leaks these days end up being right yeah, because I think people have gotten better at filtering out like what is just wishful thinking or what is like a troll and what, you know, everyone, like a lot of the leaks have like weird, they have stuff like, oh my God, people really want that thing. But then there's little things that are like, that's too weird to, for someone to make up. And then like you, a lot of times the really weird little things pop up first and you're like, well, why, how would they make that up? How would they have known? You know, I guess you could hide big, exciting things among smaller, weird things, but that doesn't seem to really happen. Like, yeah. I don't think we've seen a leak that was like a mix of true and false 
It's usually one or the other. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the ones that are like fake, like just tend to fizzle out. Also, because everybody who knows anything about anything, it does usually have a pretty direct line to be able to say like whatever. And I think the people that are reporting on these leaks probably reach out to their people and are like, "Is this real?" And they'll say off the record, like, "No, nah, it's not a thing," or mm-hmm. "That is a thing." Yeah. yeah. I think these things are vetted before we hear about them most of the time. Okay. Uh, well, one of the biggest rumors that's been flying around for the last year or so, it seems like, is that Resident Evil 4 is being remade. And as it turns out, it is. Resident Evil 4 Remake is coming to next-gen and PC. And not that long from now, Matt, it's coming on March 24th. Yeah, they like that Q1 for 2023. They always release their remakes mm-hmm. in that same kind of time frame. It's like a six-week window, it seems like. Yeah, well, it works for them. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this, Matt, now that it's real and we've seen, I would argue, the debut trailer is a little disappointing. It doesn't show that yeah, much. you don't really see anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm into it. I'll try. You know, that's my favorite one, so I'll try. Yep. You know, their remakes have been really good. You know, I don't think they elevate... You know, it's not like Resident, Resident Evil 3 remake didn't make me like Resident Evil 3 any more than I already did, really. But, like, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very good update of things. Um, and I'm curious how they're going to approach 4. Yeah. It does It does look a little darker oh, than, yeah. than the the original. Like, it looks like maybe they're leaning more into horror. Agreed. Yeah. I think so as well. Obviously, the graphics look way better. Even mm-hmm. in the limited stuff that they've shown where we have an analog to compare it to in the original game. Yeah. Um, it does sound like they're changing the game rather significantly, though, Matt. Here is the... Yes, it feels like they're bringing it in line with the other remakes a little bit. Not, yeah. Not, like, gameplay-wise, necessarily, but in terms of tone. Yeah, for sure. Um, here's the official statement from Capcom. Um, we aim to make the game feel familiar to fans of the series while also providing a fresh feeling to it. This is being done by reimagining the storyline of the game while keeping the essence of its direction, modernizing the graphics, and updating the controls to a modern standard, different from the original and will be set in a semi-open world. Um, Capcom also stated uh, that the game's merchant, or actually a leaker has stated that the game's merchant and the chainsaw-wielding Ganado will have an expanded role. Um, Resident Evil Village players will recall the Duke referencing the merchant mm-hmm. from RE4. Um, and then... And they're saying that, it, that the, uh, the merchant from RE4 could take on a bigger role kind of like Lady Damask or Mr. X in that mm-hmm. he may kind of follow you around and taunt you and harass you throughout mm-hmm. the entire game. How would you feel about that? Because that would really change Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like the merchant and yeah, I played well, I, I do too. You I played, played him on X-Play. While, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's always been kind of a figure of weird and mystery and like I think digging into it might be interesting. Um, they can mess around as much as they want with it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if I, if I really don't like what they do here, I can just go play the other, the old one, yeah. which is on still on just about every modern platform. So and still extremely playable, yeah. I would add. It's not one of these games where you play it and you're like, this really needs to be like torn down and remade. It's still enjoyable to yeah. play to this day. This is this feels like it's like, well, you know, we 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 modernized two of the old ones. Why don't we Why don't we do a greatest hit here? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just see what see what we can do with one of one of the things that doesn't need it, but you know, there's room for improvement. How do you feel about being stalked through the whole game? That's kind of what I was getting at. That would, to me, really change what Resident Evil I mean, I, don't know. I, I, mean I certainly don't think you're running for your life from the merchant. Uh, maybe they're going to do that with a chainsaw guy. Right, the Ganada um, or whatever. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm usually... I usually find that more annoying than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, mean, I think it would just change the spirit of Resident yeah, Evil 4. Uh, Resident Evil 4 had a little more of an exploration vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, although, if you know, if you want to change it up, and if it, if it leads to more X gonna get you style memes, maybe I, maybe <laughs> I do want it to happen because that was fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't. I mean, I I can kind of understand that. Like both the previous two remakes have had that as sort of a core mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, three because that's what three always was. Two yeah. because they decided that should be more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I can see like maybe they think that that's one of their design pillars here. But uh, it probably doesn't need it. But I'll give them. I'll, I'll give them the leeway to to see how it turns out. I would prefer if they do not, in fact, add someone who's stalking you through the game. I hope that does, that does not end up being the case. And my other fear, Matt, is that they may try chop... just pop up more often. You know, like that. Not... I'd be okay with that as long as it's just not this constant thing where he's always chasing you. So you're always in a hurry or in a rush to do everything in the game. Mm-hmm. That gets annoying to me. I re three. I was okay with it because I had played it that way before. I knew what to expect. Like it was designed around. I, I mean, I don't. It doesn't do much for me. I, mean, I don't think it's scary. I do think it's just mostly annoying um but it's like you know i wouldn't mind if like you know, have the merchant be more of a character you have this chainsaw guy be like more of a repeating boss like pops up and kind of gives you some like a through line in there a little bit more because yeah. like because be like, okay the original game is sort of like a, a thing happens and this thing happens and this thing happens and, you know until you get kind of really past the first major fight with uh, the little napoleon guy mm-hmm. um salazar you're, yeah you're sort of in this weird thing it's like what's going on yeah. like, um so a little <laughs> yeah. more continuity there might give it like some connective tissue that could be good but yeah i don't really want someone stalking me through the map i just find that annoying like Dam- lady Demetrescu was cool because yeah. it was sort of in character for her it was sort of the, the the thing of that section yeah but like i was glad when i was like okay i can put a stop to I was this glad when move, i killed move her. on to yeah. something else yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was a sense of relief in many ways um how do you think they'll change it? Like, moving and shooting, that's got a given. They're going to change it so you can move and shoot, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Maybe. I mean, I mean, a little bit. I mean, at least as much as you could in two, I guess. Yeah. You, know, you, you, can, walk, you can walk as fast. I mean, you can you not move at all in four? Mm-mm. No? Yeah, you're just... Because they did let you they did let you kind of sort of crawl a little bit in five and six, as I recall. Mm-hmm. You yeah, can you can move while shooting. a little bit. Yeah, a little, it's, you can't, like, you're it's not slow, like but... Call of Duty or anything, but... No. You're not just stuck like a tripod sitting there waiting to get munched. Um, they had a hard the time letting go of that from the originals. They did. Absolutely. So I think that's... And to be fair, you shouldn't be moving when you're shooting a gun. No. Like, I mean, it's realistic to stand yeah. still while you shoot. If you move while you shoot, most people are not going to hit the broadside of a barn yeah. with a gun. Um, so I have a good feeling that that'll change. Matt, are you? do you have any fear that they may actually cut some content? Because that has been true of the remakes so far. Not a ton, but some. Maybe. Because Resident Evil 4 also is a much bigger game. It's a very long game. Than Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Like, again, it's not really a concern to me. Like, this game is going to be what it is, and the old game is there. Yeah. In a a way that the others are not, because I find the original 2 and 3 unplayable. Now, more or less, yeah. like I don't, I don't, you know. So, so it'd be more important to me that the remakes turned out well. There, this is more of an experiment to me. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a bonus. Yeah, because this game is still here. Yeah, and we still can still still here, go back and still play playable. It. It's not. It's still know, fun. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, um, I have a feeling they will cut content. I do not see them creating a twenty-some hour remake of RE4. Maybe, but like you know, the others were. I mean, you can finish the, this thing real fast if you know, you know what you're, what you're doing. doing. And the others, you know, the two and three are like that, too. You know, if you don't know what you're doing. Well, you doing, can finish it, two and three in like an hour. A couple hours, but if you don't know what you're doing in two, you're going to take like ten. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't be that difficult to, to 
put everything, especially doing more of an open world. What I would think is like if they're going more open worldy, um, you might see a lot of content that used to be in separate areas, all in the same area. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe you can go here and here out of out of sequence. What would be out of sequence for the original version? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yep. There were like four revs of Resident Evil Four that mm-hmm. were three of them were canned. Obviously, they finally decided on the direction that we're seeing right now. But one of the original revs, there was an enemy that kind of stalked you through the game that had this huge like pair of scissors. And they ended up cutting that idea and going with what ultimately became Resident Evil 4. So maybe it wouldn't be that out of the question to slide something like that in there. I don't know. I, I would not be a fan of that, but I'm not the one making the game, am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so overall, how do you feel about this, Matt? Fine. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's coming really soon makes me even more excited. By the way, you can buy Leon's jacket for $1,500. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> We don't really need something like that in L.A. Yeah. There's a clothing boutique in New York that's uh, that they actually gave credit to for the trailer of the remake. And if you go and look, that it, the jacket sells for $1,500. So you can go buy your own Leon hmm. jacket if you want to. <laughs> if you want to emulate that you know, pillar of smooth right. style. <laughs> if you, too, would like to get roundly rejected by Ava. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. So anyway... There you go. That's Resident Evil 4 Remake, something that we've been talking about for a while on Game Face, and it is real, and it is happening, and it is... Here's the other thing. Next-gen only. Mm-hmm. Is this a big turning point for third-party games, you think? I mean, not a turning, but I think that's just the natural curve, is, like, next year you're going to start You think next stuff. year is when we yeah. move, Because also, don't forget that the devs... You know, the, the, the third-party companies got the hardware specs on these pretty late. Yeah. You know, I, I think... You both got the. You're both up against the time period it takes for people to adopt the new platforms, and you're up against like we didn't get to start working knowing what we were working with until pretty late. Yeah. Plus COVID, so I think next year you're just sort of going to naturally see, you know, the next gen only projects finally start to come to fruition because it's been you know going to be three years. It's time. Yep. Uh, let's look at chat and see what you guys are saying about the RE4 remake. Um, Schneeky saying what was cut from two and three that was needed. Yeah, I mean it wasn't any huge scenes or anything like that. Um, <laughs> Big Dave Lezard, I just want my robot Salazar. All right, hmm. fair enough. Um, I only played RE4 on Wii. I didn't like it. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, One well, of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, and well, still is. I also try playing it not on the Wii. Yeah, that might help as well. That. I know people think it's like, oh, it's better to aim. No, it's a pain. Like, I didn't like it on the I. It's one of my favorite games of all time, too, and I hated the Wii version. Also, yeah. it was ugly. Eric Cartmenis says, cut the island, please. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't miss it. Yeah. That was yeah. the weakest part of the game. Yeah. I would argue that sniping section, too, was one of the weaker parts of the game. Yeah, it's not amazing. Um, it was annoying. And um, it was one of those parts where I finished it, and I was like, thank God I don't have to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, not Cirque says, in five, you couldn't move and shoot, but six, you can. Okay. Yep. And you can in the remakes, as I recall. Yep. Slowly, but yeah. you can. Yep. I would like to see a Dino Crisis remake. Didn't I think the that... merchant follow you in eight? Could be like that. Um, I mean, he set up shop in different yeah, he, places he was throughout where... the world, but he wasn't following you. No, although I mean, I mean, the the wording is very vague in the uh, in the the little bullet point thing, so it's hard to say. The merchant in village. Yeah, it wasn't... He just happens to be everywhere you go. Yeah, it wasn't like he was following you around, or there was like a narrative that he's following you around. And the, the wasn't the merchant in RE4? He moved around too. He did, but you, you learned more about the guy in 8. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He was a 
part of the plot a little bit. Yeah. The merchant in RE4 was just this dude that showed up and said, yeah, what are you buying? It's never, ever been explained. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's what, just is, this, what is that? Like, it's just a dude. Not even hinted yeah. what the deal is yeah. with him. It's pretty so. crazy. Uh, so anyway, there you go. This Resident Evil 4 remake, one of the big games that was shown in Sony State of Play. Next up, another gigantic game, Street Fighter VI, Matt. Um, a lot of Capcom. A lot of Capcom. I feel out of step a little bit with the hive mind on Street Fighter VI. I was not impressed with what I saw, um, particularly when I watched the trailer. In fact, I thought some of the trailer was embarrassing. Um, now, I will say this. When I followed up and started digging for information on the game, I, I felt a little better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it isn't just about like this new visual style that I feel like they've been like nudging towards for a long time. And now it feels like they finally just said, you know what? We're just going to do it the way we've been wanting to do it um, all along. Because in the prior Street Fighter games, they would have this first trailer that was like kind of just cinematic CG. It would have a lot of this, the crazy like ink stuff in it. Mm -hmm. But then when you would actually play the game, you'd almost have to squint to like see that stuff in it. Street Fighter VI, it's just over the top. Like the fighting in it is just like a flourish of ink, essentially. Um so watching the trailer, I was really disappointed in the game. In fact, I thought it looked like really amateurish. And then I started digging into the details of it a little bit more, and there are a ton out there. Um, I went to Capcom's official Street Fighter VI website, and I literally have, I don't know, about a thousand words of notes here hmm. about Street Fighter VI. Um, well, how, what do you think of it, Matt? I mean, I like it. Like it, you know. Again, I don't care. I mean, it has that plasticky Capcom mm-hmm. engine. It's look. the RE engine. Yeah, which like just the has, reason for everything. Yeah, now. that's just what Capcom games look like. So like, I'm not a huge fan of the the way the the art style has evolved over four to five to six. Like, I just it's, yeah, you know, I I get what they're going for, but it doesn't really do much for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like that. There's more color in this one. Like the yeah. ink stuff is different colors. There's sort of a graffiti sort of flavor to it in places. Yeah, they talk about that um, actually. Like I, I mean, I like I like it. Uh, the I mean, I think the sketchiest part is this this open world sort of like yeah single player hey, campaign you... thing in the hoodie. Like I assume this is gonna what, be right there. What is? <laughs> hmm. Look at the character model on the right. He looks like he's he's a plastic doll. Yeah, well, I think he's just like a random NPC that you do probably do a fetch quest for. Or this shot in particular, I was just like, this is a Street Fighter game. I mean, it almost looks like Punch Out. Honestly, I mean that's just you know random do questy overworldy thing you know that's like you can't judge it by that it's like judging like tekken by the stupid tekken side-scrolling final fight mode they'd stick in things you know it's it's just silly um the fighting stuff looks interesting they're taking a lot of different systems from a lot of different street fighters uh to the point that like a lot of people are wondering like how are you going to layer all this stuff on top of itself so many times uh and come out with something that like you know like is is uh like are you gonna be able to do that that thing where, where Chun Li is sort of like just dodging shit and yes. you can't, you can't touch I, I, have, it. I have a whole rundown like, of the whole. That was all the que- people were like, okay, how close is this to what we're going to be doing? Um, and Capcom's answer seems to have been like, oh yeah, this is all in there. It is. Um, um, so the new fighting system is called the Drive System. Um, basically, you spend your entire. It's, you, there's a drive gauge that you can build up. Um, I'm just curious how Ryu's skeleton keeps getting bigger over time. It's like one thing he gets in better <laughs> shape, but I'm like, that man's rib cage is bigger than it was in Street Fighter 4. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, uh, Ken lost his family. Oh, really? He got divorced. Like what? He, had, like he was divorced and she took the kids. <laughs> it's almost like, oh, how's that going to affect his super? I guess. It's yeah. like, like, 
Um, <laughs> so you do have a drive meter or a drive gauge, and it fills up automatically. But in as in all fighting games, knowing when to use it and when not to use it and let it rebuild is a big part of the strategy. Um, so there's, I think, five different elements of the drive system. Um, there's drive impact, which is a powerful strike that can absorb an opponent's incoming attack. You perform it on an opponent back into the corner to induce a wall splat, even if they block the attack. There's drive parry, which which automatically repels an opponent's attack and replenishes your drive when performed successfully. If you perform perfect parry by parrying just before an, before an opponent's attack hits you. Uh, then there's overdrive, where you press two of the same button types instead of one when performing a special move to turn it into an overdrive art. These are the same attacks as EX special moves in past games. Then there's the drive rush, where you perform a quick rush forward from a drive parry or a cancelable normal attack. Um, drive rush from a parry costs one drive stock, while drive rush from a normal attack costs you three drive stocks. And then there's the drive reversal, where you perform a counterattack while blocking an opponent's attack. The damage is low, but it can help you out of tight situations when you're being pressured. And then, Matt, there's this entirely new control scheme called the Modern Control Type, where you can pull off all the moves with one button press, like Hadoukens mm. with one button press. How do you feel about that? It's fine. Yeah, you're okay with that. Yeah. Like, it's just it's like a it's a learning tool, and uh, I'm sure that like you know, even if you can do that, like, you're not going to be pulling off high level stuff with that. It's just mm. going to help people like learn to play the game. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you still have to learn like how to string your combos yeah. together. Because and... I, I mean, it makes sense to put something that assist heavy in a game that has the stuff you just listed off. Because you list that off to a casual player, and they're gonna be like, I don't know what half of those words mean. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's it, it it sounds like a pretty intimidating system to get your head around. It sounds like it's gonna be make for some really good tournament play once like people like really understand how all this works together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying. You know, just just reading that before, I was trying to think of like. Who do I know that will learn all these things to play with me? Nobody. Yeah. Like, it's just like, like the, it's, it makes it more likely that people will be willing to play now because yeah. they don't have to be able to pull off some of these half circle, full full half circle, quarter yeah. half circle. And it's some. Oh, sometimes it can be interesting to try to get past some of these like assist mode things if you're a, a more experienced yeah. player. Yeah. It's like that thing about how it's very hard to play poker against someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, because because you can't guess what they can't guess what they're thinking because their strategy doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, as far as modes are concerned, they've only announced three so far. Um, World Tour is one of them. It's an immersive single-player story mode. Uh, they call it a completely new experience that defies genre labels. Carve out your own legend on the streets. <laughs> um, and then there's a battle hub, which is the ultimate place for players to seek out friendly rivalries, where you must build yourself into a champion. Um, and then they're trying to kind of sell like the graffiti angle and all that kind of stuff that they've included in the game. They said from the graffiti to the music that beats while you hustle into the fight itself. Um, you'll also experience a new graphical quality that'll let you really feel the dynamics of your body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that just feels like <laughs> direct translation. <laughs> yeah. Um, fighting ground is one of the other modes and that's basically all the old street fighter modes all corralled into one option. Mm. Um, so it's just basically fighting ground is the old school stuff. And then world tour is the new kind of open world pseudo open world, single player stuff where you actually kind of build your career. 
How do you feel about that, Matt? I mean, it's better, obviously, than a lot of single-player modes yeah. we've had in Street Fighter. So it's an improvement, but does it sound interesting to you at all? Maybe. We'll see. I mean, I like some like the weird... You know, that's kind of similar to what uh, Mortal Kombat's done a little bit in places. Mm-hmm. Um, not like the recent ones, but the ones back where the series was terrible. Um, <laughs> where you'd run around as a character and sort of like you'd be involved in the story. I mean, we'll see. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it doesn't... I appreciate that they're trying to do something other than what they did last time, which was not include anything. Yeah. And then most of the characters, it seems like most of the launch characters were leaked yesterday. Yeah. The the whole whole roster's out there at this point. And Capcom acknowledged basically that it's legit. So (laughs) it's It's a good, it's a good lineup. It is. I do. It has all the original eight, Mm -hmm. um, which is what the first thing that people ask for. Yeah. I think that's what you definitely need. The original eight. Yeah. One way or the other. Everybody's got their favorite out of that. Yeah. I, or two or three. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Like, I had no problem with the roster. It is kind of cool that we're getting to a point where some publishers are just willing to admit when their stuff gets leaked. Yeah. Because <laughs> not some... that long ago they'd have been like, oh, we do not comment on rumors or speculation. Yeah, yeah screw it. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Akuma looks like that. He's got a man bun now. We know. Like, yeah. And I like that a couple returning... It's it's always fun to see, like, the returning characters that used to be new, and now they're like, oh, Jury's been in, like, two games. And now, like, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, she's sort of old school now, Now, in a way. Yeah, It's a new generation of characters, which I will fully admit, I play with none of them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? Do you have any favorite new characters that you like to play with? Um, Yeah, I like... um, um, uh, What's his name? The, uh, The Arabian guy. Oh, uh, Rashid. Or yeah, Rashid, yeah, he's he's big in tournament play. Yeah, he's always and, in the uh, grand he's finals. Very, you know, he's very very good. Yeah, and, he's very um, very common for high level players. I like Laura, um, and I like I like um, I haven't played these games in forever. Uh, is it Jury? Is it the 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 Spider Girl? Like the the, the Korean? She was new in four with the like the legs, and she was like kind of evil. Oh yeah, I don't remember her name. Jury is one of the the dolls. This is J-U-R-I, right? Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I can't remember. I actually can't remember her name, but I like... I like well, there's so many her. now. It's like, how could you possibly even remember them all? Yeah, yeah. The roster is gigantic at this point for Street Fighter. It's great. Um, it means there'll be a ton of DLC coming eventually. And the initial mm-hmm. roster is no slouch. But I'm more of a... I play Guile and Ken. Me too. And Chun-Li. <laughs> I, play, I play a lot of Ken. I guess it is Jury. Hmm. Oh, Yeah. So Jury is the okay, spider yeah. girl so, you were yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, June, yeah, June, you know she's got the pink and the and the the goth hair, and she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. I know you're talking about. It was her and the fat and uh, Rufus, the fat. Guy, oh yeah, were the two With the big chain or four. whatever. No, Rufus, the fat guy from Four. I'm thinking of a different fighting game of a portly guy with a chain. That's Earthquake from Samurai Showdown. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they look similar, actually, with the big pot belly. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Ruf- Rufus isn't nine feet tall. But, he yeah. also was a pretty common character for high-level play. I've seen him in a lot of tournaments in grand finals. Rufus, yeah. Semifinals. Justin Wong, a bunch of the high-level guys. Wong and uh, uh, Ricky Ortiz and a bunch of people played them, played yeah. him for a long time. And he was he was top tier until like probably Arcade. Yeah. You know, when, when uh, um, the twins showed up, and uh, I can't remember which. I think it was Yang was like just everybody played. Everybody played like all the top ten, all the 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 the, the grand finals were just like Yang 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 Yang. You know, like, <laughs> um, and then they, the final version of four f- finally sort of leveled everything out a little better. Yeah. Um, but uh, and five like just went back and forth a lot. 
there were never any really like dominant characters i don't think that i can remember but i will admit i fell out of five the tournament scene in five uh in part because like everybody i knew you know i i when four came out i was involved in like you know shooting a bunch of those tournaments and i was out you know covering it from g4 and i knew all those guys and i you know i still will say hi to some you know justin wong and and all those guys when i see them at events if yeah not that i've seen them at an event in three, three years. years yeah but like um yeah i you know, I, I, yeah, I know those guys and like so i would I, you know back in the day when i was really into like evo and the tournament scene it was because i was kind of rooting for people i i knew you know like i was mm-hmm. kind of rooting for your some, friends yeah. some friends some or at least acquaintances mm-hmm. you know that i played with you know and now it's like they've all been replaced by these younger kids and i appreciate you know i really enjoy um you know sonic fox and uh uh, punk and a lot of those, a lot of those people are, are are really great players, but I don't have the emotional attachment mm-hmm. to them, not knowing them in person. Yeah. So it's sort of it's sort of a, a more detached thing now. Um, I don't keep up with it as much as I used to. Yep. Let's take a look in chat and see what our fans are saying about Street Fighter Six. And again, I will say I was really bummed when I just watched the trailer. And the more I've learned about the game, the actual nuts and bolts of the fighting and everything, I've be I've kind of come around a little bit. Um. O'Case oh, Money was saying Shane was thinking of Birdie. He's right. That's who I was oh, thinking Birdie? of. Birdie? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yep. They're all big guys with chains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. You guys aren't saying much. Oh, Barry Lomax. I'm a hardcore player and all the mechanics make me anxious because there's new <laughs> stuff to learn, I'm guessing. Yeah. I can understand that's that. That's a lot of interactions to learn. It's not It's not like it's like, oh, there's this ability, and then there's this ability, and there's this ability, which is usually... But that sounds like all these new systems are all interacting with each other, and it's going to be like a paper, rock, scissors, Spock, rattlesnake thing, where it's just like, okay, i got to remember a lot of things all at once in the, in, the, in the space of three frames. People are bummed that Sea Viper isn't announced yet. Yeah, Sea Viper has been weirdly missing in action since she popped up in one of the Versus games. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she gets... Because she never made it into five. One of the few characters in the history of the of the franchise that never made it into five. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's a little weird. Yep. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw her, though. They, they tend to know. And actually, one Super Master Gamer brings up a good point. It's multi-platform this time. It's not yeah, it's a not PlayStation, PlayStation exclusive. So it should do very well, I think. It looks like most people are pretty excited for it. But he does bring up a good point, though, Matt. And that's that... You know, if you play football or you play soccer or basketball or whatever, the rules rarely change. Mm. They may make small tweaks to, like, insignificant rules that may come up once every 15 games or something. But they never really change the core crux of how something plays. And that's something that's different about esports is that these games do evolve and change over time. You can't just say, I'm good at Street Fighter and just jump in and play every Street Fighter. That's just mm-hmm. not how this works. And also, a lot of people are complaining right now about Overwatch because it is fundamentally changing how that plays for mm-hmm. Overwatch 2. Um, and that's just a big difference between esports and regular yeah. sports. Like, they just yeah, they, evolve and change. They don't change. change the shape of the football each No, they season, don't. So. Like, but this, I mean, he's right, though. This is a huge change for Street Fighter. Yeah. It's a whole brand new system everyone's going to have to learn and a new meter everyone's going to have to learn. Um, I, saw some, I saw an article. This is a dumb article, but it described... Overwatch as um, like D and D with laser fights, and I'm like, oh yes, famous D and D equivalent first person shooter multiplayer. What? Like, okay, yeah. Imagine if someone wrote about baseball and was like, it seems like something similar to sword fighting with that bat and everything. It's just like, yeah. no, you, shouldn't you know something about what you're writing about before you publish an article? Yeah. 
Eat Demon is saying that the control scheme is basically Smash Brothers controls. I mean, I think that's what, like, the thing with the one-button stuff is, but I guarantee you it'll have a six-button standard for Street Fighter oh, yeah, control scheme. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I can see why they do it for Smash, because obviously yeah. there's a lot of young kids. I mean, there'll always Smash. be a, there's always a baseline, a bit, you know, like I'm always going to be a little better than the average person at one of these games just because I've been playing fighting games for 30 years and I know in, instinctively how frame data works and you know what you know plus and you know plus and minus on it. I I I feel those things like yeah. in the moment in a way that like if someone who doesn't know that that's how that you know I understand what recovery time is. I understand where the hitboxes are. Uh, you know, even that can make a big difference. Uh, in a in a in a close match, um, but yeah, you got to learn those new things and kind of paste them on top of your existing skill set. And, and it depends. Like I never ever quite got the focus system down in four. Like the focus attack thing never quite clicked with me. Oh really? Um, five systems made more sense to me. I'd agree with that um, actually. Yeah. Uh, even though clearly the focus system worked very well. I mean, you could see in the in the high level play like they pulled some amazing stuff off of that. But I just never, I never got my mind around how that thing worked. Yeah, I think the world tour mode in this is going to be embarrassingly bad. I'm just going to go out on a limb right now and say that. Um, but I do think the fighting in this will at least be different. And, I mean, it's Street Fighter. It's still going to be great. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun to play. I do think some of the extra modes, at least they're trying something different and they're trying to move in a new direction. Maybe by Street Fighter 9, it'll mm. actually be something decent and worth yeah. playing. But my expectations are pretty low right now for it. I mean, we'll see. It's uh, no, There has never been a good story mode in Street Fighter. No. Like, Street Fighter stories, I mean, it's like... There's no reason Street Fighter story needs to be terrible, but mm-hmm. it is it always is. Yeah. every time. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's it is starting to shape up to be an interesting time for fighting games again after a, kind of a period of dormancy. I yeah. would say. Um, I cannot believe the Tekken guys are showing up in Virtua Fighter. Yeah. Like, that is that is there was a time when that would have been blasphemy. Oh, sacrilege! Yeah. Like that yep. was you Tekken versus Virtua <laughs> Fighter used to be the whole thing back in the day, and now yeah. it's like, oh, we're just gonna put those in. It's like, wow. What a time to be Times they are changing. Yep, absolutely. So anyway, there you go. That's Street Fighter VI. Again, it's coming to both Xbox and PlayStation and PC. Unfortunately, no Switch version. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, not shocked by that one. There are a couple of games we're going to talk about here in a minute, though, that do have Switch versions. And I'm like, really? How is that going to happen? But first, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy XVI. So coming next year. Told you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you called that quite a while ago. Like, there have been people that... They said it was going to release last year. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, well, they said we were going to see it last year, and then we didn't. Yeah. And there are people just... I have had knockdown, drag-out arguments with people that were adamant this game came out this... It was coming this year. And I was uh, like, no! no. Like... Not going to make it. There is not a... Was not a chance in hell. Not a chance. And this, as far as we know, is still PlayStation exclusive. They have not announced. Yeah, other... they haven't said anything about other platforms. I mean, I think we're all rooting for PC at the very least, but you'd think it's but... not set in stone yet. That's for sure. Um, we learned a lot more about the story in this mm-hmm. game and a lot of the elements in the game. Not necessarily from watching this trailer, which I found this trailer really hard to follow as far as the narrative it was trying to tell or explain. Yeah, well, I mean, it is square. I was just like, what are you talking about? I have more faith in the narrative in this game, though, because it's the Final Fantasy XIV people. Yeah. So, like, I I am not going to just dismiss that as I feel like maybe some of that was just how the trailer was cut. Yeah. Um, Well, they did a blog post on the PlayStation blog. But, God, I hate the combat looking it's just like that whole just just the endless strings and numbers popping out of it's just like 
The combat I, was designed by the guy who designed Devil May Cry 5's combat. Yeah, it looks like it. It's not really what I want out of an action Yeah, RPG. I was going to ask you that. How do you feel about that? I think Having looks, like a I, crazy I don't, I don't want, combo heavy system. I don't want every fight to last for 40 minutes. You know, I don't, yeah. I, I, I just get, I, you know, five, 15 had that problem too, where it's just like, not everything, I just, there's three wolves. How come I got to do a full yeah. fucking combo out of this thing? Like, just, you know, it's, it's just let, you know, I appreciated that there was a point in the old games where it was just like, dun, 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 you're through this stuff and the big fights were the big fights and that was it. Yeah. Um, not everything's got to be a fucking test of reflexes here. Like, <laughs> you know, a lot of this stuff looks cool, but there's also things that make me, you know, think it's going to be real tedious. Yeah. Um, which is just sort of, you know, that should pretty much be on the box of Final Fantasy at this point. Looks real cool, but it's going to get tedious, just so you know. Yeah. Here's um, here's a synopsis of the plot, and this is word for word from Square Enix. And honestly... And what is with all these characters? That, that Half the people over... Anyone over 20 in these games looks like they should be voiced by Kiefer Sutherland. Like... <laughs> Even the written synopsis of the plot, I don't know that it makes all oh, that much more sense. Fucking bomb dropped on how you pronounce Ifrit. 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 Yeah. Everyone was like, how do you pronounce this? How you pronounce? Apparently, apparently, a lot of people have been saying that the other way. And oh, I've always said it that way. Yeah, well, that's how you're supposed to say it. That's yeah. a, it's not a made-up Final Fantasy word. That's a real word, word. from yeah. Arabian mythology. Yeah. Um, but like apparently, people were saying Ifrit all this uh, time. And I'm like, I guess because they just made it phonetic. And it's like, no, that's, <laughs> that's an actual word. Here's the plot synopsis. Permanent economic advisor Hugo Kupka's meteoric, meteoric rise to prominence was sudden, if not unexpected. Mm-hmm. Once a nameless foot soldier in the Republican army, his awakening as dominant of the icon Titan thrust him to the forefront of Dalmekian politics. It was here he used sure. his newfound position as the most powerful man in the Republic to exert influence over both the nation's armies and its policymaking, amassing a personal fortune in the process. Yet while it was said that a man who has everything wants for nothing, Benedict, Benedict, I can't even pronounce it. What is it? Beneditka Harmon will teach him money and power are far from all the world has to offer. Having emerged from the storm of youth, cold-hearted and ruthless, Harmon, dominant of the Eek and Garuda, warden of the wind, turned her talent for swordplay and subterfuge into a command of Wallow's elite intelligencers. It's on a mission to find the elusive second icon of fire that she crosses paths with a like-minded Clive and is forced to face her past. <laughs> the actual what? I guess do they just add, just mad libs this stuff I mean, at this point? Like it, it's like they find and replace like fourteen fantasy novels at once. <laughs> but I'm I, this this feels like it's very Game of Thrones inspired. It's very political. Yeah, like there's a lot. Like we're gonna do like a. Like a, a political, I presume that's her. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of use. Like yeah. There's. I got a couple of destiny flashbacks in there where it was just like, oh, you're just capitalizing <laughs> just a word making and it's stuff. making it. It's uh, supposed to be a thing now. Okay. Yep. It's set in the land of Valistia. Um. <laughs> it's the home to magical superstructures called Mother Crystals that uh, grant there's people the crystals, yes. that grant people the power to use magic. So Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. All the major geopolitical players in Valisthea have organized their government and culture around these crystals as they're a major source of power and conflict. Dominance are people born with the ability to summon and control icons. Those are basically summons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clive Rosefield was expected to inherit the power of the icon of fire, Phoenix, but that power passed him over in favor of his timid brother, Joshua. Joshua has two icons in the same body. Phoenix and Efreet, 
and nations want him as a weapon. So basically, you play as the brother of this dude who is hyper-powerful, and everyone wants control of him to help them win their wars. Um, <laughs> so there's kaiju battles in this, Matt? Mm-hmm. The summons, you can actually... It seems to be the new hotness between this and Bayonetta 3. I guess so. Um, (laughs) And as I said, the combat is designed by um, DMC5 and Dragon's Dogma developer, a developer that worked on both those games. Um, And there are epic clashes between the icons themselves that put you right in the action. Uh, the, The trailer that we just saw, this is the old one, the trailer that we just saw introduced several new icons, summons again, I don't know why they just don't call them freaking summons. Why do they have to come up with a new name for them? As well as provided that's a more how you detailed know it's a new game at the battle system and the freedom it gives players. Um, I agree with you. I don't want battles that last 20 minutes to fight like a rank-and-file yeah. enemy. I don't know if that's how it's going to play out. I'm beginning to feel like maybe, you know, looking at a lot of this, I'm like, a lot of this doesn't look like Final Fantasy. And some of it does because it's just like Final Fantasy stuff made in, you know, attempts at photorealistic 3D. And, and like, it's not like I don't like this stuff that doesn't look like Final Fantasy. It's just like, it's like okay, these guys like look like pretty realistic and you know, in terms of a fantasy thing. And they're doing all this fantasy fighting. And like it's cool. And then it cuts to like a cactar. You know, yeah. I'm just like, maybe <laughs> maybe we should just leave the 16-bit stuff in the past. Yeah. At this point. Maybe like reanimating all the, the iconic Final Fantasy stuff in, in realistic 3D is not the way. It's fan you know service. I mean? Yeah. Um, but you're right. It sort I mean, of takes me out of it. it I, I agree. But it, this game in particular it seems to stray so far. Like, notice how he has, like, that stone hand that he can use? Mm-hmm. That's apparently part of having one of the icons as the summons. Yeah, I get the impression it's sort of like like they, the, the icons almost overwrite you. And, like, you can use them as special moves and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because you can use them and fight them as kaiju, but they also give you special powers. Like, it, the stone kaiju, or I'm sorry, the stone summons gives him that stone fist that he can use in normal combat. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> How is this all shaping up for you, Matt? I mean, I'll wait and see. Like, I'm interested because of who's making it. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, they, they've, you know, they, they, they've done a good job with 14, and the writing on that has been, you know, pretty, pretty solid. So, like, maybe. Um, and you know, I'm always gonna, you're always gonna, you know, raise an eyebrow with me with kaiju fights. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are very underwhelming in game. You know, a lot of times they don't really know how to do that very well. Mm-hmm. But uh, they can leave some good moments if you know when to use them. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, one Supermaster Gamer is asking if there is a party system. It seems like there's only one playable character at a time. They have not really announced that yet. They haven't yet. really talked about that, but I'm guessing it's going to be sort of like 15, where you basically pick pick one. Yeah. And you probably switch back and forth. It's about like, it seems like if you're going to do a Devil May Cry Dragon's Dogma style combat system, I feel like you're going to basically be focusing on one character. Mm-hmm. Um. Or maybe you maybe it'd be more. You know, I'm sure you can switch between some stuff, but I would imagine you're gonna pick one you like and and let the AI deal with the others and sort of give them commands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that's sort of more the strength of this team. Like you know, they've done the MMO, so you're more focusing on one person or multiplayer, I guess. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like if you're talking about the person designing the combat, the, most of that combat is designed around around one person. And also, you probably like the Final Fantasy VII remake as a cue for that. You're playing as Cloud yeah. in that. You mm-hmm. know, like. Yeah, you can do stuff with the other characters, but really, Cloud's the center yeah. of, that, of that combat system. Absolutely. Um, we have a couple questions, or actually some comments, too. Ethemon says, it feels like Game of Thrones because it was written, because it's written by the Final Fantasy XIV Heavensward mm-hmm. team, which was the very game, which was very Game of Thrones inspired. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess that aesthetic is coming through a little bit here in Final Fantasy 16. Um, I mean, there's almost no anime in this at all, <laughs> except for that like young kid at that one point. Nightwing, like, what the what exactly? Like it's like I I just read it and I still really have no idea what I just mm-hmm. read. What I am worried about is like if you're gonna get if we're gonna get to this, you got these like ultra realistic looking like kings and and whatever, and you're gonna have people running around. So it's like oh oh, oh. like doing the like the. The weird anime gruntings. I hope they finally get their act together on, on how to like you know voice this and and present it, and it doesn't have to like lean into that stupid anime trope thing. Yeah, like just te- just do a game. I, you know, it's 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 time to move past that. Square, I'm like Square needs to move past that and, and make these games for a worldwide audience. Yep, you're never gonna you're never gonna quite lose that stigma until you stop. Until you drop the anime shenanigans. Sneaky brings up a good point, though. He said that, you know, some of the boss fights in Elden Ring could take a really, really long time to win. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't... It'll be interesting to see. I don't think it'll affect... But, like, a lot of the boss boss fights in Elden Ring, you're trying to get get around the mechanics and try to use, like, these things and chip away, like... Like, it's not like this where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to juggle this wolf for, like, mm-hmm. 50 hits. And I'm just yeah. like, can't I just hit him three times and be done? Yeah. Like, I don't have to do that in Elden Ring. Like, yeah. the wolves attack me, and I'm just like, boom, 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 you're done. Either they're dead or I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. It's not like... <laughs> it's not a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Rafa says, how would this be worse than Final or Final Fantasy 15? It couldn't be. Like, I, I have a very hard... I, I, can't, even, I can't even Fantasy imagine... 15. I can't even imagine how this would be worse than 15. It's not. It's it's being made by vastly, vastly more talented and skilled people. It's true. Like that's. Yeah. I have no. I mean, you're really. I'm really just looking at like, is this going to be the first Final Fantasy I like since 12? Right. You know. Because yeah, normally I only like every sixth about. one. Like originally I was like, okay, 18 is going to be my going to be my game. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're going to get their two games early if if <laughs> if. Uh, if a Forspoken might be the one you need to worry about because that Illuminous team that those created guys, yeah. Final Fantasy 15 is now, again better writing talent on that one. So mm-hmm. we'll see. And also, like I don't mind a combat system like that and more of an actiony, you know, open worldy looking like that looks. More, and also, that looks like it more has more variety to it. You've got projectiles. So, you know, um, the problem I had with like Final Fantasy 15 stuff was like it, it was just the teleport over and over again. You know, like the teleport was the bread and butter of that that system. You could do stuff with it, but it wasn't much else to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gonna. You, the other thing is like you have to make it feel responsive. Like the problem I have with with fifteen and seven remake to some to a lesser degree, but still there is how if you're gonna make like a juggly Devil May Cry character action style combat system, do it yeah. and don't do that thing where like oh you hit the button a little too fast so it's he just stands there because it's still an RPG you know like, right, like right. just make him play like an action game character yeah, you know I agree stop, with that. Yeah. like because both 15 and 7 sort of have a thing where you there's moments where you feel like you're you're playing against a wall or you're playing like in sludge mm-hmm. almost because the game has to slow you down because you're fighting against the kind of the RPG systems in it yeah and counting the like, numbers yeah and it's just like well just let me play an action game if that's what you want to make then do it yeah I agree and I mean at least hiring the Devil May Cry guy seems to indicate that that's a good sign, you know, because that doesn't feel like that in Devil May Cry. Doesn't feel like that in Dragon's Dogma. Like if But you know, to your point, some fights can take a really long time in Devil May Cry. They can. And you're yeah. like up in the air and you're juggling them like five times. I mean, what I'm talking I'm I'm talking about like, sh- like shots in that where that where he's like doing those huge like, you know, eight hit 
eight hit like like super swing things and you see like the guy gets hit for 13 points 14 times and his life bar moves like three pixels and i was like right it's yeah. gonna take forever and i know it's gonna be a thing where you have to, oh you build this up and then build that bar up and then you can hit him with this well exploits his weakness and then he gets staggered and then you do double damage it's like like yeah but just He's just a guy that I ran into on the road. Like I don't yeah. want to do all that <laughs> shit for like a rando like yeah. mob. You know, it's, it, like that's the thing that these games get bogged down in a lot. Like uh, with the Final Fantasy stuff. Like, yeah, and it would be hard to create a combat system that is more forgettable than the combat yeah. system that was in Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, I it is utterly forgettable. Yeah. I didn't like seven, but I will give it credit for that. At least I remember how that game plays. Right. And the only thing I remember <laughs> about 15 is his constant teleporting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the latest update on Final Fantasy 16. It is coming in 2023, so we still got a little ways to go. Did they say when in 20, just 2023? Ugh. Was that an early 2023? I think it's like 20- mid-2023. Um, they're going to have a lot of time to polish this because they're saying that it's basically feature complete already. Right. So that's good. Like, if you have nine, But I've always said, like, we months. were... We were everyone's like, oh, we got it. I'm like, they're not showing us... They show this... These, Square shows stuff a year away. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. we were never... Until... Yeah, start the clock. We'll probably see it in May mm-hmm. next year if we're yeah. lucky. I mean, obviously so. we got to look at this quite a while ago, but but yeah, a little bit. I'm always curious. Like, I always wonder what happened to that one demo. They, you know, they, they always said it wasn't really a game, but it, it sure looked like they'd thought about it. it. Was that that demo they did for that new engine they never up, ended up using in like 2012 or something? It was like the girl who controlled the fire mage abilities. Oh yeah, and like they yeah, chased her through like that, that vertical mountain city yeah, kind of yeah. thing. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember it. And it was like named something in Latin, so I can never remember what yeah. it was called. But like that was like the, it was supposed to be the demo of their new engine that they never used. Right. Um, but like that looked pretty interesting. It did. And then they never, they never mentioned it again. Yep. Um, okay, so that's the latest on Final Fantasy 16. Still got a way to go until we play it. I do think it's looking encouraging overall, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, it I'm was, pretty excited. It looks better than the last one. It does. So. Like, I'm pretty excited to give it a go. So hopefully I won't be proven yeah, wrong. Ignis Fala- yeah, Igni- yeah, Ignis something. Yep. Kevin that's Ralph actually what I was right. going to say. Ignis yeah. something. Yeah. I think that was her name. Or so, Ignis. Maybe. If I remember right. It was like a cult. It was like a cult chasing her or something. Maybe. All these guys in red robes. Yeah, yeah I remember that part of it. Yep. Uh, okay, let's move on. Next, we're going to discuss maybe not a surprise. Actually, it's really not a surprise anymore, but another PlayStation exclusive is coming to PC. Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is coming to PC on August 12th. Not long to wait. Miles Morales coming in the fall. Mm-hmm. Feels like they're starting to bump up the release schedules for these a little bit more on PC. Yeah, well, I think well, I think once you get Spider-Man up, Miles is a pretty pretty quick port. Yeah, it's all the same thing. Yeah, I don't mean I don't think it was even like a matter of time. I think it's more of the decision making mm-hmm. with deciding when you want this stuff to release for PC. Yeah, well, I think again, I think you're never seeing a, a Sony exclusive hit PC less than a year after PlayStation release. But Miles has been out for two. Yeah, at that point. So yeah. And you might as well. I mean, especially because you got another one coming. Yeah, I mean, the sales are done. Like, you're not going to squeeze it. You want to kind of clear those decks. Yeah. And uh, you might as well strike while the iron's still kind of warm. Yeah. Plus, you're about to have a Miles movie come out in October. Mm-hmm. You know the the sequel to Into the Spider Verse comes yep. out in October, so you you, you want to hit you want to hit that in October. Vincent said summer 2023 for Final Fantasy 16. Right. So yeah, middle of the year. Um, no, that's good. Like more people that get to play these games, the better. Absolutely, and there's more money in Sony's coffers yeah. to make more wait. great games. I can't wait to see what they look like on like you know the high end PC hardware. I mean, too. this is 
supposed yeah. to be it. I mean, this footage is supposed to be running on... Uh, this oh, is, yeah. But this is the actual trailer for the PC version. It's different when you see it in person. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. When you see it on a monitor with HDR and everything, it makes a big difference. So, oh, But it's looking good. I don't know how you can make these games look all that much better, honestly. Yeah, there is a ceiling at some point, but yeah. I, you know, the ray tracing helps. The yeah. Ray tra- you know, but yeah. Looking cool. good. And then next, a game that I've been keeping my, my eye on for quite a while, Stray. Matt tried to put the kibosh on this game and told me it was going to be delayed out of the year, but I wasn't sure. thank they had, God they you were wrong. They hadn't mentioned this thing in forever. <laughs> they hadn't. It had been quite a while. Um, it is launching for PS4, PS5, and PC on July 19th. Um, the other thing I noticed, Matt, if you go on Steam and look, it's selling for just $30. Yeah, it was. I think it was always going to be like a a, a lower price. You know, it's a, Smaller game. I yeah, I was a little disappointed to see that. I was kind of hoping it was going to be a little more robust. But, yeah, it looks like it's going to I mean, be I'm sure. well, he's, quote, he's... unquote, indie length. Yeah, I mean, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, means To me, that means like eight hours I mean, max. So, so it's God of War. So. I mean, it took me a lot longer than that to be God of War 2018. I mean, I mean, it took me longer to do everything, but I finished the main story in like 10, 11 hours. I mean, it's not yeah. that much longer. Yeah. Also, like, there's some. Sometimes you you run into things where it's like there's only so long you want to play some of these games. Yeah. You know, if they, once it shows you everything it's got, you know, there's only so many ideas left. Well, these games in particular, like, will I want to replay this game? Probably not. I, my guess is it's really puzzle driven. Hmm. Um. And so my guess it's is probably really sad. Right. So, it's like, like I don't want to subject myself to that again. <laughs> hmm. Um. We don't, still don't, don't know. Kill, what... Don't kill that cat, Sony. I know. A, I know. I, mean, I, know it's not I do have a it. fear, though. Um, I mean, I would imagine we'll see some dead cats in this. It's not probably not you. But why like... do you think the robots are so scared of cats in this? They're terrified. I don't know. Like they run. He comes up the alleyway not, and they're like running. I'm for not their sure lives. if they're scared of cats or if they're scared of the cat that has the AI companion. Maybe. Like they might. It might be. They might be seeing. I mean, something... did you see his eyeballs right there? Yeah, I can't decide if that's part of the AI thing or if it's because, like, that's a reflective cat eye. I don't know. Um, also, or is there a thing in this where, like, there aren't many animals left? No, there's lots of other cats. There's other cats? Yeah. You're just one of the crew, I believe. This game looks really awesome. I'm really mm-hmm. excited for this game. Probably the most unique thing that I'll be playing in 2022. Um, even if it is only five to eight hours long, I am really excited for those five to eight I don't hours. Know I don't know if this is more unique than the uh, butchering people in a tailor shop to serve them as meat pies. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. (laughs) But uh, it's a close second. Give me that one, maybe. The production values are higher. Yeah. Um, But as you can see, it's set in a cyberpunk world, and you're a cat trying to solve an ancient mystery. And that's all they will say about it. We really have no other information other than what's been Mm -hmm. shown in these trailers. They're just Mm -hmm. really keeping it under wraps, which I'm okay with that. A little mystery, I think, is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I am really pumped for that. Again, $30 coming July 19th to PlayStation platforms and PC. And my guess is eventually it will come to Xbox as well. I think there are some rumblings that it might be part of PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. But I think you may have to pay for like the higher tiers to get it. It's not just like mm-hmm. if you subscribe to the base tier like most of us do and you get those free games every month. I don't think it's one of those. I think it's like for one of the higher tiers. It's going to be added to the library. Um, but do you think anyone's going to subscribe to those <laughs> higher tiers? No, I'd rather just buy the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. Um, you think it's better for the developer if you buy the game outright or just play it on PlayStation Plus? I don't know. Most developers I've talked to about that don't care. Yeah. Okay. Like they got paid for the pl- PlayStation for the Plus or getting... Game Pass thing. Yeah. Uh, either way. Okay. So. 
trying to make sure we're maximizing developers' uh, finances if we can. Um, and that's pretty much it. We don't have much information on Stray. It's a cat walking around a cyberpunk world solving puzzles, and that's about all we know right now, and that there's some ancient mystery that the cat is trying to solve. And maybe we'll go in just that blind when mm-hmm. it comes down to it. We'll see. Um, Vincent says it's confirmed it'll be in the extra premium tier. Yep. Mm. So there you go. So I'll be buying it then. Yep, me too. Uh, H.A. The Legend Watson, Stray may be in the vein of other puzzle platform games like Little Nightmares. I absolutely believe it is, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a lot of, like, action-based combat and stuff like that. I think it's mm-hmm. more being smart and clever, like a cat. Mm-hmm. That's how cats roll. Uh, next, maybe the game that I'm most excited for from this whole state of play, the Callisto Protocol. It is... Basically, the new Dead Space from the original creators of Dead Space. And we had a like a teaser trailer that we got months ago. Years, Finally. Years ago. Has it been years now? The original reveal trailer was at the Game Awards like at least two years ago. Was it? I wrote a thing for it for IGN at some point. Oh, okay. It was like, and I, no one had ever seen it before. It How long like, ago did you write that? Year it was just it was for it was December <laughs> like 2019. At the and very, it never ran, I'm guessing. No, it did. Oh, it did run. Yeah. It's weird to do something like that so far away from release. Yeah, I mean, it's just about the trailer. Right. It's literally just a you know an analysis of the trailer uh-huh. that went up like the same time it went up on Game Awards. Oh, okay. It was just it was that one with a prison cell. Yeah. You yeah. Know? There's only two trailers for it. There's the debut trailer, and there's this new one that we just got in the state of play, and that's all there is. Um, but I don't know. According to the studio, it's coming this year on yeah. December second. Do you believe that? I mean, I believe they believe it, but we'll see if it actually holds to it. It's going to be delayed. It's, uh... I have... You know, here's the future of uh, the PUBG world. I have you. 20% faith that this game will come out before the end of the year. Yeah, it's it's probably not going to do it, it. Also, Matt, it is no longer set in the PUBG universe. Oh, no? Nope. Glenn Schofield came out and said, nope, a while ago. We figured out it wasn't working, and we've now <laughs> completely separated it from PUBG. Uh, does, does it matter? It doesn't, no. Like, I this... think he said there will be some Easter eggs... That are nods to PUBG in the game, but otherwise it's its own thing, its own universe. They said they I love the s- idea that PUBG just doesn't want to be trapped in this is the future. It's like if we ever make <laughs> games that cover the next thousand years of PUBG, what if we have to like make it make sense with this? This is like okay, guys. This trailer is gory AF. They pull no punches in this trailer at all. Um, you, you play as a main character, Jacob Lee. He's trying to escape the Black Iron Prison in the year 2320 and uncover its terrifying secrets. Um, you'll be able to interact with objects by pushing and pulling them. Not a surprise. This is a survival horror game. Uh, the weapons that they have shared so far that you can use are a baton, a pistol, and a shotgun. So there's not going to be some weird like mining tool thing like there was in Dead Space, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. How he just kind of used the tools of his trade to fight through the space station yeah, like, but like you like cut them apart and yeah dismemberment yeah. they they haven't said anything about that yet either where you're, whether you're going to dismember enemies i, mean, um, I would, would hope I, so i would think so everything looks very modular and gory and yeah um i would hope so because that was one of the coolest things about dead space i believe um so yeah there are going to be normal weapons maybe you do get some weird funky weapon but there's also normal weapons in this which was not the case in the original dead space um, here's a quote from the studio. We want you to be afraid of single enemies. Um, so basically hinting at like each encounter is going to be an event, um, which means that each enemy could maybe be difficult to handle. I'm kind of cool with that. Mm. These enemies look like they're worthy of this. Like 
a big event for each one of them. Um, what else do they say? All these tools we build up for Jacob are to deal with the difficulty as opposed to coming at it from the end of, hey, you can kill all these cool things. Now let's make some enemies. Uh, we did it in reverse for that very reason. You feel scared. And you have to make the right calls at the right time. Also, it appears that the in-game HUD from Dead Space has returned. It, you can see his health meter on his neck right there. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was like a segmented thing that went up the character's back. Now the health meter is displayed on the neck with that green meter. Uh, so it looks like a lot of the tenants of Dead Space have made their way into the Callisto Protocol. And that is a good thing. And I am really excited for this game. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. Um, we'll see. You know me in horror. I, I, don't, All right. I don't particularly care. Uh, you like Dead Space, though, right? I, I do like Dead Space, but Dead Space to me is more of a, of the Resident Evil Four vein. Like, I don't. Dead Space isn't scary to me. It's just, it's just gory and mm-hmm. and like to me, I like the like ripping them apart with the the mining tools and like you know like this the the slow mo stasis thing you yep. can do. Like, like it's it gives you a lot of fun tools to play with. To take they use the stasis out. for a lot of puzzle solving and like stuff. The, yeah, atmosphere and kind of literally the atmosphere in plays where you have to walk out in the space and all the sound goes mm-hmm. muffled and all that. I mean, yeah, it, it, like Dead Space is a triumph of like presentation and game mechanics to me. Um, can they capture that lightning in a bottle again with this? Maybe, but it's they, looking like it. It could be. <laughs> I mean, this little montage right through here where it just shows seems like, like we're going to be playing this before we're playing the Dead Space remake. So it does. Might as well. Yeah, I mean, or they could come out like within a month of each yeah, other. Too, yeah. Because the Dead Space remake also is slated for, like, end of the year, early mm. next year. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I mean, certainly I'm impressed by the, the graphical fidelity and, like, how just how gross it is. So, like, I, I really like that shot of the guy peeling himself off the wall. There's a, If you slow that down and start going, like, frame by frame through that trailer, there's some crazy stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm see, really excited for it. Did you see the, the tweet today that was, like, it was just, like, it's like, it's like every once in a while you realize how well-made Red Dead Redemption 2 is. And it's, like... These two, it's like a, one of those, you know, you meet a stranger and he tries to rob you kind of thing. You know, you know, you read a random stranger and he's like, okay, get off the horse or whatever. And the, it's the, the player, like the guy's on his horse and he holds a shotgun. He's like, okay, I'm not going to ask you again, son. And the guy just flips his lasso out to, to hit him. To, and the lasso wraps around him and the guy tries to shoot the player but the lasso has pushed his gun up like this, and he shoots his own head off. No and way! And falls off the, the, the horse. <laughs> and I'm like, and like you, and it happens. You're like, what the wow. hell was that? And it does it slow mo, and it's like, and it's like, you know, Dead Space had tons of things like that, and I yeah. hope like that has stuff like where like just the systems sort of happen to end up creating these moments. Yeah, you know, that'd be great. I'm really excited for the Callisto Protocol. I hope you guys are too. Let's take a look at chat very quickly. I know this may not be on a lot of people's radar, so you guys may not be that excited I think excited it will be increasingly on radar. I as, believe so as, as well, as especially it if it makes the end of the year. Um, Kevin Rafa, are you sad it's no longer part of the PUBG <laughs> universe? No, not really. I'm only sad in the sense that I like telling people that and having them go, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just so weird that that um, would be a thing. Vincent is saying its debut is at the Game Awards 2020. All right. And he also says that we're getting gameplay at uh, Jeff's show on Thursday. So... I think that's what Jeff's show is going to be. Gameplay of things we already know. Known quantities. Oh, it, seems, it seems likely. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, there's Because his warnings have mostly been like, don't expect rapid fire surprises like the game. You know, it's not the game awards, I yeah. think is what he said. It's like, Summer, Summer Games Fest seems to be more of a uh, an information festival 
Whereas Game Awards is like new things. Yeah, you know, like Game Awards is surprises. Summer Game Fest is seems like more like in depth, like interviews and you know it's, it's less it's less uh, bombastic. It's more uh, let's take a look at these things. Yep. Um, Danny Endurance agrees with me. Callisto was the best thing in the show. Case Money says Callisto Protocol looked impressive. And then Mega Drive, Mega Drive guy dropped the Twitch Prime because he knew mm. that the chat was on screen. Great job there, bro. Great timing. Um, okay. Now we get into the kind of the smaller things that were shown at the State of Play. First up is Roller Drome. What is with the Roller Derby <laughs> shit? Like, I couldn't believe that when, when they, they showed I'm like, really? So just A day week, after we were like, where's all the Roller Derby yeah, games? Just it's last like, week, we went on, we sent our chat on a scavenger hunt to find other Roller Derby games. And we could not find any. We found like one other one other than Roller Champions. And literally... We leave here, and two days later... 24 hours later, yeah. <laughs> that's Roller Drum. Um, and this is a crazy-looking game. Yeah, I, I will also say, like, the, the developer... Like, this is a very indie project, and the developer, she didn't know this was being shown until it happened. Really? Like, like, she didn't realize it was going to be in this state of play or something and, and wow. people were like oh my god your game's on like so it was kind of it was kind of fun to watch like a like someone who didn't expect a pleasant this, surprise this in kind of time. exposure to suddenly suddenly your game's like all and everybody knows what it is game's crazy <laughs> yeah look, I, it's like in line tony hawk's pro skater in line yeah like you get it's like you gave the jet set radio guys uh machine guns yeah yeah um Nothing it is m-rated and obviously it is cel-shaded it's set in 2030. It is a single-player <laughs> roller derby game with guns and bullet time. It's made by the developers of Ollie Ollie World, Roll7. Um, the whole setup for it is kind of like a Running Man-style mm-hmm. thing. It's like a blood sport that people watch on TV. Do you know what year the Running Man takes place in? 2030? 2017. Oh, really? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Luckily, that did not come to pass, so that's good. Wait for it. Um, you play as newcomer Kara Hassan, who must climb the roller drone ranks and become its new champion. She'll do this by skating and shooting her way through a number of deadly gauntlets against the house players. All the while, a sinister tech company is lurking in the shadows. And that's a little bit of Mobius to this, too. Yeah. Hopefully it's a lot better than Mobius. <laughs> but mm-hmm. this looks awesome, dude. I'm psyched for no, this the game. Artist, not the artist, not the game. Oh. <laughs> yeah i think this looks cool it looks like it's fun to play there's nothing else like it maybe the next tony hawk takes some hints from this because it needs something to mm-hmm. make it exciting it's a yeah, shame the, that tony hawk never went this direction honestly right? like <laughs> dystopian right yeah. <laughs> i mean seriously there was many times Pay where that series skate for i mean there were many times where that series needed a kick in the pants and they yeah. just could never figure out what that kick was I mean, you know, back when they kept trying to make them into like weird pseudo RPGs, yeah. like it would have been fun if like one of them was just like the world ended, yeah. but we still got to skate. I mean, you that like, kind of happened with coronavirus and COVID nineteen, right. and, like, and like you and instead of just like doing skating, like you know, to get sponsorships and stuff, it's like it's like we are the only ones who can get the food to the settlement, so we got to like shred past the mutants or something yeah. like they, they should have just gone crazy with it i mean it was crazy when like we were all in lockdown and like the biggest highways in los angeles were completely shut down mm-hmm. and people were just going out and just skating on the highway that goes like right through downtown and just made these awesome videos because you never mm-hmm. do it again yep you never could have done it before that and you'll never be able to do it again 
It was amazing. And forever on YouTube, these awesome videos of people skating like the 110 or the 10 with downtown LA in the background. It's really, really awesome. So, so, so now everybody's It's not saying, that far-fetched, actually. Now everybody's saying that I just figured out the hook in Death Stranding 2. <laughs> you see uh, a new game from Kojima was leaked out yeah. today? Yeah. Was it like out? Some kind of a oh, horror yeah, game of some overdose type. Overdose or something? Yeah. yeah yeah, a little clip of I'm it. I'm trying to picture Norman Reedus doing that stuff. Yeah. On a skateboard. Yeah, I'm wondering if Norman Reedus mistook that for Death Stranding 2. Maybe. I don't, you'd think he would be involved in that. It's, you'd think someone would call him about it. Yeah, or maybe he's in that too because it is a horror maybe. game. And he's just like, oh, it's Death Stranding 2, but it's really not. I mean, he seems to be Kojima's new favorite. Right. So. Yep. David, he replaced David Hayter. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Hater's oh. going to hate. Sneaky says, what's funny is Fortnite are trailing rollerblades the last two months. wonder which comes out first. I don't know uh, what that yeah. means. Trialing. Oh, trialing. trialing. They're, 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 they're thinking about putting rollerblades in the game. That would be really dumb. <laughs> um, Vincent says, so the answer is that they should have added skateboards to Death Stranding. That would have definitely made the traversal a lot more fun and quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, next it's impossible up. for Norman Reedus to be that sad when he's got a skateboard. <laughs> How could he be? How can you be that morose when you get to your destination if you just shred it all the way down that electric highway? Come yeah. on. <laughs> um, and then the final regular game, and I'll explain why I'm saying regular game here in a second, is Eternites. I believe that's how you say it. Coming in early 2023. Also a game that's for PS4, PS5, and PC. It is this weird mashup of Devil May Cry and Persona. It's like a hack and slash action game crossed with a dating sim, basically. Mm. Um, basically in this one Matt you're trying to find love during the apocalypse so <laughs> you can skate and then find love in the apocalypse in these last couple games um, the protagonist in this has like a magical arm it's like his arm is severed and then he re receives the ability to create a light construct from the severed arm and use it as a weapon um, the plot for the game is a mysterious entity has infected humans, turning them into dangerous monsters obsessed with violence and power. As they stand between you... How do you and... tell the difference? <laughs> exactly. As they stand between you, a curse, and the world you want, you must race against the clock to fight for your survival and for those who you love. There's a calendar in the game, like Persona, with events that you need to follow. Uh, there's scavenging. There's like three tenants. There's scavenging, dungeon crawling, and dating. And then the battle system is real-time battles with quick-time events. And this game, we do know that there are five party members that fight alongside you. Um, how do you feel about this one, Matt? I'm a little surprised that this was in the state of play, to be honest. I don't know if I feel anything about this one, but it's... <laughs> okay. This is one of those games I was like, really? This made the cut for your state of play? I mean, the production value is pretty high on it. I mean, the, I think the, the, the animated scenes look familiar to me. Like, art style, I think it might be somebody... Like a, a famous, mm -hmm. you know, famous. Artist it looks or, like um. Looks like uh, Death Note or bit. One Piece, maybe. Uh, a little bit. I the mean, eyes, the buggy eyes. Yeah, I mean, everything kind of looks like One Piece. <laughs> one Piece true. is on some kind of hiatus now for something. It is. Like yeah. He's doing, the, the, the guy's doing something. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. See, it feels I, like I, a I'm probably not going to gonna play this if I'm honest. But all right. Um, AJ said, AJ the Legend Watson says the art style looks like Catherine. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, basically it what looks, we're getting at here... It looks very Atlas. <laughs> basically what we're getting at here is it's very derivative. This game yeah. in general is very derivative. 
But the, for whatever reason, the eyeballs in this remind me of One Piece. It's like they're all on the verge of like popping out of their heads. Yeah, there's some of that. It looks a little bit like Death Note in places. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it just doesn't feel very original. So I'm not too excited about this one, sadly. I mean, I haven't played a lot of uh, hack and slash dungeon crawling dating sims. Um, <laughs> that's true. But I don't know. It, it's going to have to work to top boyfriend dungeon. Yeah, so. that's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, so in a minute ago, I hinted at that that was the last normal game that we're going to talk about from State of Play. <laughs> That's because the rest are for PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. This was really kind of the big coming out party for PlayStation VR 2. Um, we got to look at four different games that are coming. Um, and maybe that's a hint at when we're actually going to see PlayStation VR 2. First up, we got a huge gameplay trailer for Horizon Call of the Mountain, which looks as if it's going to be, or at least they hope it's going to be, the killer app for the launch of PlayStation VR 2. Um, when I first started watching this, I was like, oh my God, this really is a VR game on rails. But eventually, the trailer, it cracks open and you start to see that it's not. That yeah, it, is, it feels like this is the intro. Yeah. Like, this is how it starts. This is like you getting into like Jurassic Park, basically. Yeah. <laughs> this is like your ride in. And then the boat capsizes and the adventure sets off, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a first-person shooter for VR. Um it looks amazing, like, graphically. Yeah, it looks very good. Like, if this is what we're going to get with PlayStation VR 2, hot damn. Yeah, we'll see what it looks like through your screen right. door. Yeah, but. exactly. I mean, that's the X factor. And obviously for me, like, I'm not buying PlayStation VR 2 at launch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it many, many times before I plunk down my cash for it to see yeah. if it makes me sick or not. Um, I just need a library beyond... I mean, this is Obviously, I'm interested in this. I love Horizon, but, like... I don't know for 550 bucks at yeah. this, you know, like or whatever it ends up costing. Play one game, um, but 4K, if they can get it to 120 frames per second, I doubt it. Not this game. I don't see them being able to run this on PS5 at 4K 120 twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah. There's no way. Unless there's something in that headset we don't know about, right? Which which mean would mean it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Which would probably put it at about a thousand dollars. Would be my guess. Mm. If there's extra hardware to no, not if it's. Like this I off? mean, no, we're, you're not talking about like more graph. No, I'm not talking about GPU stuff. I'm talking about like you'd have like basically a, a doubler in it, sort of similar to what we're talking about with the the stick for the Xbox Cloud thing. Yeah, it would something like that where, hmm. where, where it can do that that doubling the the image thing for free. Somehow. Gotcha. You know, well, then maybe it would still be expensive, but I don't think you're, you wouldn't be like paying for a second GPU. In it. Forbidden West doesn't run at 120, 4K no. 120. Almost nothing does. Right. So probably the best you're going to hope for is 4K 60 with this mm-hmm. stuff, um, and that might even be. I a think stretch. you're going to be. I think you're going to be choosing between 4K 60 and 1080p 120, basically. Yeah. Like, or maybe 2K 120. That sounds about right. Yep. Um, but this game looks awesome. Hopefully, it won't make me barf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, and then next. A VR version of Resident Evil Village is on the way for PlayStation VR 2. Showing the only thing anyone cares about in VR yeah. is Lady Demetres. Yeah, Everyone <laughs> just wants to look up at her. <laughs> or look down at her boobs, one or the other. Oh, um, that's, and that's you'll be able old... to do both in this game. <laughs> You're going to have to get pretty high for that. Yeah, because she's, what, like eight feet tall? At least. Seems like. Um, also, wait, was it Resident Evil 7? That was the PlayStation VR game that you play the whole way through yeah so resident evil and playstation vr have a relationship already and this just seems to be a continuation of that 
And Village, I feel like it didn't make the most out of PlayStation 5, so I feel like this could run at a decent frame rate on PlayStation VR 2 and still look really good. Um, do I play this again? No. Probably not. It's really a missed opportunity. Yeah. And also, like, this this one, like, the 7 was sort of built to be, I guess, creepy. You know, you're in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre-style house and all that. It, it, mm-hmm. was, it was built to be sort of like a haunted house sort yeah. of thing. This is, this is just, I feel like it's going to be more goofy in VR. I mean, it would be cool to see some of it in VR, but I don't know. Like, that's well, not a, that's show, not tempting to me. They do show like how some of these shots like give you different perspectives from what you got like when you yeah. played the game normally. Um, I just don't. I didn't like the game enough to do it again. I want me either. Yeah, I just don't have time. Although right now I do. Yeah. <laughs> I have all the time in the world to play a, play games twice or finish games right now because there aren't any coming out. Um, but yeah, I mean, people who may not have played Village already and it sold pretty well, so I don't think there's a lot of people like that out there. But obviously, it's a boon for people like that. For the, if those people still exist, uh, next up, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Retribution, which is the next expansion for a game that's already out there. Um, this leads me to believe, Matt, that PlayStation VR two is pretty close. Like, I don't think it's coming this year, but I do think that it will be coming early next year because, yeah. to me, a big right about the time they start doing Game of the Year editions of these games that came out this year, yeah. Because the red flag is that this expansion comes to other VR HMDs at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that they would feature it in this presentation if it was going to come to PlayStation VR 2 a year after yeah. it released for all the other HMDs. So I do think that this game in particular hints at what the release date will be for PlayStation VR 2. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll probably be seeing the, like a Q1 target. That's my best guess right now. Um, and then finally, the last PlayStation VR 2 game that they showed was No Man's Sky. This is not the trailer for No Man's Sky VR, by the way. This is just a general No Man's Sky trailer. Just mm-hmm. want to get that just out there. No Man's Sky continues to do its thing. It's really crazy. It just and now it's coming to Apple platforms and and all this stuff. And it just did the Outlaw thing. I mean, it's it crazy. Does not stop. <laughs> and like, and Sean really Murray's even like, right. oh, we got way more stuff on the list. Like, and it gets weirder. Like, they just added space whales. Like, it's just what a <laughs> what a game. It's really great. Um, it's it's it, nice that the people that made this turned out to be completely insane. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's like we're just gonna keep doing this forever. Oh, and Andy T. Monahan in chat brings up a good point that I forgot to mention, and that is that the Resident Evil Four remake is also getting a separate VR mode for mm. PlayStation VR 2. That was announced kind of after everything was over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should have brought that up, so thanks for mentioning that, Andy. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, I did play this in P- PlayStation VR, and I was not super thrilled by it. What? No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. Yeah. Like, it's, it's cool, but like, I don't. that's not a way to play for me. Yeah. What uh, was I mean, wrong with it? I just thought the resolution was too low. I mean, uh, I mean PSVR 2 might solve issues. some of that. Like, it was just I just thought it ran poorly and was, like, very blurry. Uh-huh. And I'd rather see it on a screen where it's nice and crisp. I mean, PlayStation um, VR 2 should fix might, that. Might. Yeah. We'll see. But also, like, there was a sort of a thing of, like, uh, it's hard to access things. And like, I, I mean, part of it's just, I mean, I've played this game for a thousand hours mm-hmm. across PlayStation and PC. PC. Yeah. And, like... Like selecting through menus and doing various is like basically like muscle memory to me now. So having to relearn how to access things in VR was very difficult, and I was this thing I ended up deciding I did not get enough out of it to care about. Uh, what I want to know is where is the Star Wars X-wing game? <laughs> it's it's coming, I bet. Yeah. Well, the rumor, the, the word is that they are working on a full fledged version of a, a full fledged game 
from you know squadrons, uh-huh. uh, which would be good because I'd like something that plays a little better and doesn't quite feel so much like Battlefield Battlefront. Yep, because you could tell that that was originally a Battlefront DLC. Oh yeah, um, for sure, and it's, it'll be all next gen as well. So yeah, but you make something that doesn't feel like that. You make something that flies like an actual plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am in because uh, one of the best P- PSVR one things is that Battlefront uh, that free Battlefront one. Yeah, that was like, awesome. Ad for Rogue it was an ad for Rogue One, but that X Men yeah. thing was great. Yep. Yeah, so there you go. That's Sony's state of play. I don't think anyone covered it as in depth as we just did here on Game Face. Um, big stuff. What would you? What letter grade would you give for that state of play? I think I'd give that like a B plus. I think I got to go A minus on this one. Like I, I think it's one of the best they've it's ever up had. There. I'd, I'd give it an. I go in the A's if God of War was in there. Okay. But I know. I know they, they they might not be ready for that. They might show it later this month. Who knows? But like, there's some big hitters in here, man. Callisto Protocol. Um, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, RE4 yeah. Remake. That's a lot. A lot. Stuff, it is, but it's also a lot of stuff I'm not playing until next year. So it's not yeah. quite okay. Not quite there. I can understand that perspective. Uh, still great. I think no matter how you slice it, that was a pretty awesome statement. I'll say this. It's better than the Microsoft one's going to be. <laughs> you think so? I, I absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I, I feel like you have to have some kind of insider information you're working from here. No. Really? D- just experience on this one. <laughs> wow. Set your uh, set your phasers to disappointment, I guess. Yeah. Or set your phasers too low and don't be disappointed. Yeah, but make sure you show up on Sunday, people, for our live stream covering. Yeah, it doesn't matter what Microsoft is showing. Come to see Shane get disappointed. <laughs> they do that every week, Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Sony's state of play for June 2022. Again, what I believe probably would have been PlayStation's E3 2022 press conference if it had did one. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus minus whatever they were showing. Yeah, they probably would have got a war and probably... They would have put some first party Forspoken. stuff. Yeah, first spoken's not, not first party, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think you would have gotten a couple Sony things in there. And but otherwise... That would have been that. Yeah, it was great. It was a great show. So kudos to Sony. We still might get that early in the year. You know, we still might get that E3 area got a war, you know, blowout. I feel like we're due for that. They've, we always, are. they've always done that. Yeah. I have a feeling that'll come end of summer, mm-hmm. my guess. Um, but they'll be running out of time for God of War at that point. Yeah. But, you know, you show a big blowout of it and release it six weeks later. Kaboom. It's going to go kaboom anyway because the first game was so flipping awesome. Um, okay. It's time to move on. We're going to talk next about the biggest game release of the week, undoubtedly. And that is Diablo Immortal, a game that has been controversial from its very first moment it was announced where it was booed <laughs> don't you guys have phones <laughs> yeah i have a phone but i don't want to play anything on it you dip <laughs> we're not we're not upset that we can't play it we're upset that we would ha- we'd have to play yeah it's like from the first moment it was announced it was like booed. They instantly did not understand why people were upset it's like because no one wants to play some weird mobile version of something they just want to play the game yep well, now it's here, and it is free and free to play, but it's not mobile only. It also is playable on PC. For and certain definitions of playable. playable. <laughs> and I will just say, I played 100% the PC version. Yeah, I played the PC one. I did not play the mobile version at all, and maybe that is a failure on my part. I probably should have played the mobile version before I came on here, but I wanted to play as much of the game as I could as possible. And I did play a lot of it. I... I've probably spent 16 hours with Diablo Immortal at this point. Um, it is not really made for PC. <laughs> no, in fact, yeah, it's, 
<laughs> it's very janky. Very, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that PC port was started six months ago. I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't either. Because it is just the mobile app slapped onto a PC. It still has tap. It says tap everywhere. everything on it. The like, yeah, like, and, like, and like with these giant windows that point to things. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. Like, like there's been things where I'm like clicking on. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to click. on. And it's like, how weird is it to be playing a Blizzard game whose interface is weird and obtuse like that? Like they, ne- <laughs> it's never been a thing. But they were like, it's like you can tap it there's on a your thing phone. Where it's like, like tap this to stop following the quest. I'm like, I am. I don't know what you want me to. And finally, I tapped like a different part of the window, and that worked. Yeah. And then I'm just like, okay, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and it, it, there's a lot of glitchy stuff in it. Like things fall through the world a lot. Um, it if takes, you play it with a controller on PC, you can't play the whole game with a controller. No, menus are unnavigable. Some it. of the menus to close them out, you have to use yeah. your mouse to do that. You can't. I don't and I, know and why. I gave up. I just switched back to mouse it and keyboard. It makes no sense. I'm sure they'll just get there eventually. Just let me use B to close a menu. Like it, you, I don't even know if there was six months spent on this mat. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they'll get there eventually. <laughs> I'm you know, sure. There's an early access flavor to it, though. Yeah. Uh, I think it is still technically supposed to be early access. I guess, yeah, it is. It's like a beta. Um, it's an open beta or whatever much, right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it smells it. <laughs> um, you can even see here, it's like these are not PC captions. These no. are things that are supposed to pop up on your phone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it looks fine. Like it, it's it, Basically, it's Diablo 3. Like it's like playing Diablo 3 again. Um, mm-hmm. It plays much like Diablo, and I have no problem with that. No, it's fine. I really like Diablo 3. I mean, if you ignore all the microtransaction stuff, and for the most part, if you're just going to play the story, you can. Uh, it's like having another Diablo 3 expansion. Man, I just noticed right there when I first started, there was a tooltip for a controller there that popped up. Yeah. They put that in, but the other stuff, they couldn't change or get out. Mm. It's so weird. Um, so anyway, Diablo Mortal, as Matt said, is basically Diablo 3 for you're the most a, part. You're a, a vampire hunter or whatever? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What What did you play I'm as? a necromancer. Oh, okay. Always a necromancer if I can be in Diablo. I always play isometric action RPGs as a ranged character. Necromancer is ranged. Oh, uh, okay. Like, yeah. Which Actually, I didn't... Actually, better, isn't it? Because it's yeah. faster. It shoots faster. She's faster and there's, um, there's skeletons. Oh, uh, you can summon skeletons. People. Yeah, I always have two, uh, two or three skeletons around. I've seen, I've played with people who have played with that character because that's yeah. the thing about this game is it's an MMO. Yeah, and I hate that. Really? I don't. I don't want Diablo to be that. Like I don't. I hate that there's always other people around. And really? Like, I, I'm killing things and somebody runs in and does the and like kills all this shit. I know I still get this stuff for it, but I, I don't want to feel like I'm part of like a group of like 4000 people who showed up to help this town I I, I don't I See really I like being the helper. That. I like jumping in. I hate it. Well I you would hate, hate me because I jump it. in and help people. Like no, if they're don't. having a tough tough fight or whatever, I will jump in and help them in the fight. I like that. I hate it. I do I I mean not in everything, but I do not want that in Diablo. I huh, do not want that in an isometric like action RPG. I want to play that game alone or with specific people. I do I hate that it plays like an MMO like that. But as Matt said, there are hundreds tap, tap, of people tap, running around tap, the tap, world. Tap to slit tap. And they tap. will jump in and help Look you. Look how at huge times. the buttons are. Like this I is know. A, like they're but you're clicking buttons on your PC screen that are as like as big as a chocolate bar. I guess because yeah. they have to be big enough for your thumb yeah. on a phone. It's so <laughs> sloppy. It's dumb. Yeah. Well you can see how big, yeah, the buttons it's are just, in wah, the PC version. <laughs> You can't miss it. That's for sure. Um, nobody needs the, the nobody needs the uh, visual impairment uh, accessibility options here. They're already there. Yeah, so, uh, I'm sure that will all get 
modify I'm sure. Absolutely. You know, in a year, I'm sure it will not look anything yeah, yeah. like that. This B-roll will look outdated, my, my guess is, in the not too, de- not yeah. too distant future, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm still going to run it a year from now. <laughs> Or whatever. Um, but as as we mentioned, it is kind of an MMO. There are other characters all over the world. This is early before they kind of crack the game open and you see everybody else. The beginning of the game, you do play all yeah, solo. The beginning of the game is great because it's just <laughs> a few. But the more important thing to like, me... Like, I thought there'd be hubs, like, like, and then you'd be able to go kind of on your own. No, it's just, it's just dipshits with 420 in their name. They're just running around everywhere. everybody. They're all over the place. Now, one thing that I do like, though, Matt, is, like, when you go to do, like, instant stuff or, like, some boss fights, you have the ability to just summon a squad. Mm -hmm. And it's very fast. There's so many people playing this that literally within, like, five seconds you have a full squad. Yeah, no shortage of of people, that's for sure. And you're ready to jump in and and go fight those instances or fight those boss fights or whatever. Um, And then there are parts of the game where they don't allow you to bring people in. There are solo missions in this where you have they're designed and you have to fight them on your own. They won't let people in to fight them with you. So I feel like it's a good mix and the MMO stuff, I feel like it makes it easy to really hook up with parties and it just it there's no downtime in this. No, like, I just don't want that in Diablo. I play Diablo as a solo game. Okay. I, I can totally understand that perspective. And there's one thing, you know, I just wish there was a way to out of it. I wish there were, like, if you were, like, hub things, but then when you go do a mission, like, it's, it's you know, you get to choose. Like, most games like that. Like, mm-hmm. you you get to go choose if you want. Or they do instances or something. Like, you know, like Path of Exile or whatever. Like, you know, you have an overworld where there's other people running around. But when you get to, like, a lot of times when you get to these sections with quests in them or, like, a dungeon or whatever, it's just you and your party. Yep. Um, I prefer that a lot. Okay, to I can totally understand that perspective. It did not bother me at all. In fact, I kind of liked having people mm. around. Well, especially because that's not what Diablo. Diablo should be like Metroid. Diablo should be lonely. Diablo should be you, know, you and you know maybe your three companions or whatever like against the world. Like, mm-hmm. it, like there should be the idea that there's thousands of people just here like whacking demons the whole time. Like it's fucking. <laughs> it's stupid. a little weird. Yeah. Like thematically, it's dumb. Like, I think it, it doesn't it doesn't work with the world of Diablo. To I me. think generally that is the crux of this game in general. Is is it a good game or is it a good Diablo game? Because I have spent sixteen some hours playing this. I really like it, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I mean, I think it feels like Diablo for the most part. I mean, it's and I haven't spent a dime on you it. You could you could put this in front of me and let me play, and not tell me what it was, and I would know it's Diablo. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely they made Diablo. Yeah, um, before they slapped all the microtransaction crap on it, which we'll get to. Um, but what's there when you're just you know moment to moment playing it is absolutely as good as Diablo three. I would say I I'm really enjoying this, and I have not spent a penny to play it, but I at the same time. I agree with you. It's not a great Diablo game. Mm -hmm. Because what some people may not realize who don't play Diablo is that playing through the campaign is easy. It always is easy. And it's really easy in this, too. Like, I think once I figured the game out, I don't know if I don't think I've died, honestly. Um, You almost got to try. You have to try to die. You have to do something intentionally stupid to yeah, die. Like maybe if, like, you know, like, it's like Diablo 3. Like, there were maybe three places in Diablo 3's normal, like, you know, the normal difficulty campaign where you could probably get yourself killed. Right. And that's really if you were, like, a, if you're like a wizard. Like yeah. A squishy class. Right. Yep. Someone who could take a lot of damage. So you'd never die in this. It's very easy to walk through it. But Diablo is not about that first run. It's, yeah. It's about the post-game and going back and playing it on the higher difficulties. And that's where this game 
gets you. Gets you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. So going on like YouTube and seeing all the YouTuber reviews, like all the thumbnails are the people like doing the face palm or screaming or you know just generally looking like they their entire life has been destroyed. Meanwhile, I'm actually having a really good time playing the game, but from their mm-hmm. perspective, they've finished the game. They're now trying to go to the higher level content, and that is where the microtransactions yeah, come in. Like you get, you basically hit like kind of a soft cap around thirty, and then you hit a hard cap around fifty. And like if you're at, 50, I'm way over level thirty. If you're at fifty, you are no longer progressing in terms of your character's power level unless you are spending money, yeah, or grinding, grinding, grind. You know the. The, the the estimation was like if you don't spend any money you can max a character out in ten years. <laughs> and ten years. And a, a news report said if you paid to max your character out, it would cost over a hundred thousand dollars. But you think it's more than that, right? Well the, well, the guys the, the I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel that they were quoting for that, but that wasn't their they're kind of like if you get lucky estimate essentially. Like <laughs> their average estimate. Like they, they did a follow up video where they basically said, like, yeah, that was in the end, like that was kind of optimistic because like you're t- they're they were basically using also calculations I think just on the base of how often they drop five star legendary gems, and the problem is that some if you need to upgrade certain things you need certain five because not all five star legendary gems are really five star legendary you know like it's that thing so there's a bunch of different five star <laughs> things you need to so like in that with that more in mind they were like it's probably closer to two hundred fifty thousand dollars oh my god pay 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 that pay, is pay. insane because you go on the like the, the the i can't remember the name of the proper name it's like rift dungeons basically you know like, like in three but like the, when you go in you can use uh these shards legendary shards i think to to basically up the chances of them dropping of the the boss dropping legendary gear um, and if you don't use them, you basically don't get any. Like they played through, there's a playing through two different. You know, okay, here's what I do with a legendary gear, and I kill the boss, and this giant chest appears, and I open the chest, and all these like yellow things pop up. And, da, da, da. and I'm gonna go through without putting any pay to pay to play stuff in it. And you go through, and there's not even a chest that pops up. Wow. Like you don't get anything. Like, like and it's just like stand, it's like two rarities down almost is the, the gear you get. So you you you're, you're talking about. And there's only a certain number of these you can do in a day. There's a lot of stuff where, like, you do a certain number of runs of this. And once you do that many, that's how all you can do in a day. And if you do more, you don't get anything for it. And you will never get anything for it. Um, there's a, And the game doesn't tell you that until you do it. And you're like, oh, that was pointless. Um, the it, whole thing it gets, is insanely it, it complicated. In, it's very complicated by, by, by design. You know, it's also by design that early on, the only microtransaction stuff you really see is cosmetic stuff. I've never seen any. Like, I've played the game for well over 16 hours. I have not been prompted to spend a penny. I like, mean, they hit you hard at the end of the first dungeon once you kill the first boss. I don't remember that. They pop up. Every, uh, click this. Click this. Here's the thing. Here's the store. Here's the thing. I just click the claim buttons. Yeah. That's it. And then I X out the screen and I keep going. But they they have little like marker things to go make you look at all the things and stuff. Uh, and they're all, you know, I, it didn't work I, on me. <laughs> and I did that. I did that just to get the markers off there. But like, there's a lot in there, and like it's crazy. And it's you weird because it's like in, it's like what like, the they're hell is like here's this? sixty of these sixty of the eternal orbs for them. Like you can't buy anything with sixty. Yeah, like, literally nothing costs sixty. <laughs> there's like it's just like your first one's free, kid. Like it's like it's not it's, free. It's, it's an extremely predatory system, even by the standards of these systems. Um, and the more, ins- you know, and then like, people are like, oh, but it's it's still fun to play, and it's Diablo, and it's like they made a really good game under, you know, and just slapped on. This. So it's like, but like that kind of makes it worse because the whole reason they made a really good game is because they knew they had to have a really good game to trick you into getting sucked into this thing. Bait and switch. Um, yeah, they bait you in. 
Yeah, and to be clear, like, they switch. I haven't spent any money on this either. Like I'm, you know, I, I, this stuff doesn't work on me. I'm not a gambling person in the, in the first place. I'm certainly not uh, someone who wants to throw away money on like weird things to get loot box stuff. Um, it's telling that this game has not been able to be released in Belgium yet. No, because because of the Belgium's box gambling stuff. laws like basically make the, make this game illegal there. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's 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 gross. Gross. That's, Here, that's here's it. my point. I've had a hell of a good time playing this, and I've played it for almost twenty hours. I haven't spent a penny on it. Like that's pretty good. Now I get that Diablo fans are like, "Screw this!" Like once I get to the part that I really want to play, like it gets dirty, and they're right, and I understand that. But you can play this game for free for a long time, and it's fun. And then if you're smart. Like, you and I, you just quit. So the first time I get to that point that you're talking about mm-hmm. where I'm going to have to but, spend money to advance, I will just turn the game off and never right, play but, it again. But to someone who's a big Diablo fan, that's like saying, like, we'll just play the arcade mode of Street Fighter, and then, like, when it comes time to pay the microtransactions to play the online oh, stuff... Oh, I get it, man. Like, you, you like you just stop playing. But I was like, that's not, that's not why I play the, the game. I like, get it, yeah. And it's like... You but know, I'm the, just saying, for some people, that's... Plenty good enough. 16 hours of an isometric yeah, action it's, RPG. It's and still, look, you can go back. You can play that 20 hours or whatever as a character. Go back, start over, play as another character through that same campaign. Like It's still not something that really I want to support even playing so for free. It's the, the, mor- the morality part of it is the yeah. problem for you. Yeah. You yeah, don't want like, to it's encourage a predi- it. It's a predatory system. I don't want to encourage it. I don't want other games I like to end up with this crap in it. Mm-hmm. Not even the sense because it ruins anything for me, because I probably wouldn't play much further than just playing through the main story one time. Yeah. That's what I played most of the other most other games like that. You're I just still looking haven't out for finished, the fans. I still haven't fucking finished Titan Quest. Yeah. That game's too <laughs> goddamn long. Yeah. Um but like, yeah, I'm not an end game per I'm not someone who grinds in general. Yeah, me either. You know? Yeah. Um but like it's just it's gross. It's gross. Like, it's it's I agree. I still had a really and good look, time I, playing I, it. Like, why can't why can't you make it so it only costs like a thousand dollars to max the character? Out? Like, you. why can't it be a little friendlier than that? Because especially because like you've seen people play Diablo for years. Uh-huh. People still play Diablo three over and over and over in the ladder systems. Like, there's no retention problem with this kind of game, especially Diablo. So yeah. why don't you make it a little a little less gougy? Why don't you make it like? Okay, spend a couple hundred bucks and you'll get your character where you need to go, and you can do it again. Like, people would do that. You know, like what if you what if the the price for like getting a character to max level was more like the cost of a full price game? That's what it should be. Yeah, that's it, it that, should cost that way you're sixty sort of, or seventy bucks. That way it's sort of like okay, like in a way I kind of bought the game. Yeah. In response for them giving me a good time and because I wanted to max it out, so I thought it was worth paying a full price for. Yeah. That would be a little more uh, easier to swallow for me. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I feel like I was getting one over on Blizzard because I played this for a long time and never gave him a penny. Like. And I had a good time doing it. But I do understand. Yeah. I mean, if that's all you want out of it, yeah. sure. I mean, and but. so there are, look, there are a lot of people who are maybe, I think I saw AJ, the Legend Watson, asking a minute ago, like if this is, let me find this question, actually. Uh, do you believe this will attract casual players who are not familiar with the Diablo franchise? I do not know if it will attract them, but I do know that this is a great game for them to play. Like, as far as like, I've never played Diablo before. Can I? Is there a game I can check out to see if I like it? Yeah, like because you can play this for twenty hours for free. If you figure out, wow, I really like Diablo, 
then you can go buy Diablo 3. And then when Diablo mm-hmm. 4 comes out, you know that you're going to want Diablo 4. So I do think it serves a little bit of a purpose. At the same time, I completely understand where you're coming from. I completely understand where the hardcore fans of Diablo are coming from. This game is definitely not for them at all. So to AJ's question, I would answer with, this game is really only for people who are curious about Diablo and wonder if they may like it or not. And anyone else who's a huge fan of it, I would stay away. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get to the point of the game where you that you actually care about and that's where the game gets really crappy. See, and I hate, like, I can't tell what the hell's happening here. There's all these rando other players here and all this. I can't, like, control the flow of the battle. Like, I, I, I'm just I, dodging I the bullet hell I stuff. I hate it. <laughs> I, I really like the time that I spent with it. I had a lot of fun. I do generally like isometric action RPGs. So but... do I. I mean, I like, I like how it plays. I like, mm-hmm. you know, the way it looks. I like how my character works. Um, I don't like the MMO aspect, and I don't like the predatory yeah. uh, nature of the of the end game. I would and I, add and too. I, the predatory nature of the end game will never impact me. I'm never gonna yeah. play that. But like, I would add too that like the amount of time that I played this game is typically about as much as I want to play one of these games. Yeah, that's, like, that's accurate. It's like I get burned also, out just, on these pretty quick. Also, I just wish it played better. Yeah. Um, like I prefer at this point, I prefer to play Diablo three with a controller. I play. Um, I played this with a controller. I tried, and then I gave up. The only um, problem I had was with. Uh, Getting out of menus, I'd have to use the mouse. No, I had problems like aiming some of my. I think the necro. I think it looks like your character works with the, the controller a little better than the necromancer. Okay. Does. So the necromancer has more zone stuff. Gotcha. And gotcha. I had a lot of trouble like aiming it in the oh, right direction I while I was trying to move the right direction. Whereas like it looks like you mostly point point and shoot. Um, you don't really have to point that much. Almost everything auto targets. Yeah. That's kind of annoying too. Like your normal fire um, always auto targets. Like there, I don't there think is you can there even is choose. a little there is a baby's first Diablo to it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that was what my point. Yeah. yeah, this is a good game to see if it's for you really, mm-hmm. and you could do it for free. And... Like it really just sort of makes me want to play Diablo three again. Yeah, I'd agree um, with that. I could totally see that perspective, but I it's like you if you look around, like a lot of the reviews I don't think are actor accurately depicting the game for people who are not hardcore Diablo fans. Um, mm-hmm. I think most of the reviews that you're seeing are for people who already really love Diablo and want to play it for weeks or yeah. months. Or I mean, years. I would mostly say like you're you're still gonna have to wait for four. Yeah, this is not this is not a replace. This is not a sequel to Diablo. Diablo. No, no, no. This no. is this is not the new Diablo. This is some weird. And this is offshoot. actually set between two and three. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because they talk about you know the the stuff with Bale and uh, Deckard Kane still alive. So yeah. Eth Demon says, I refuse to touch this given how pay to win it's revealed to be. I mean, if you want to take a moral stand, I can understand that. But it's fun, man, for like 20 hours before you have you get to all that stuff. So um, I I struggle to just tell people not to play this game or not to try well, it this game. It also depends like how well you do with like kind of the predatory, you know, microtransaction practices. It's like you know, it, you're, it, you know that's that's a real problem for some people, and it's like, well, okay, it's like, yeah, this 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 drink is great, but I'm not going to recommend it to an alcoholic. You know, mm, yeah. like you got to, you know, you, <laughs> that's a good if that's a thing you struggle with, you should not touch this game because it's it's very 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 good at that. Like, it's, it's immoral, it's just insidious. like the lower third says. I mean, it is. That's all there yeah. is to it. It's it's shady. And I don't have a problem with that. I'm not, I don't. You know, even MMOs in general just don't get their hooks in me in that regard. I don't get yeah. stuck on things like that. Me either. But like, I can see. You know, I, I look at it, and I'm you know, I am fairly marketing and media savvy, and I look at the way this thing pushes stuff, and it's just like, oh yeah, like I get it. 
And it's and that's the trick is like it's it's one thing to walk away from a game that's doing that to you when it's a bad game. When it's like one of those stupid mobile right. games or some Clash of Clans clone right. where you're just like, yeah, click this, click this, click this, wait 14 hours. You know, right. it's like, this yeah. is not a, but this is like, this is really good. Like, yeah. like, like, and it, it plays like a normal a good, game. Yeah, it plays a like while. a normal Diablo game. It yeah. plays like a fun game. Like, And then eventually it gets to the bad part. And there's definitely an element. I can definitely see people getting to some of this and being like, oh, I want to keep having fun. I want to keep progressing. Yeah. I want the progress because the, the progression early on is very satisfying. Like it just, it's very fast. It, yeah, it happens. Con- like you're like level thirteen by the time you get out of the tutorial zone. There's like, like too much gear. Like yeah. it, there is like you just are constantly getting like new mm-hmm. gear that's redundant that you don't. need. And it's so fast. I, I knew that's when I saw the curve. Where I'm just like, oh, okay. So like first dungeon, first dungeon out of the tutorial dungeon, you're like, okay, here's this thing. How should I upgrade upgrade this armor twice? Now look at that. Now the armor is blue. It's like okay, yeah. you're getting up there real fast. Like, yeah. the, the curve on that, you're trying to drive me to something here. Yeah, you're adding new skills very quickly too. Yeah, you're driving me to the point where it's like you want me to be like, oh, you want to keep progressing. Hand it over, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And again, like to your point earlier, like I wouldn't mind if it like you max out at sixty bucks. Like yeah. if, if at the end of it all you end up paying for a game, like that's fair. But man, yeah. or like a battle, more grand. of a battle pass sort of thing, where like yeah. you, you know, you, you, you know they have one. You, they do, but like if you subscribe <laughs> to that battle pass and it gives you access to like whatever the events or the dungeons you're gonna need that's high enough level to level you up beyond where you are, like yeah. that would be one, another thing. Yeah. But no, you're literally paying for a ge- for gems that let you get the random drops you might maybe get the random drops you need to upgrade. Yeah, as soon as I saw the blacksmith upgrade system, I'm like, oh, here's where it yep. is. <laughs> here's Here where the rubber is. hits the road. Yeah, every all the merchants can upgrade stuff, and they need special materials to upgrade yeah. them all. I'm like, that's where it is. That's where it is. That's where get, they get you. A uh, jam rain asks. Is there a full story you can complete before the microtransactions happen? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You can finish pretty much the whole campaign. Yeah, you can get through the, the like normal difficulty story yeah. uh, without paying anything. Yeah. Um, any other questions you guys have? Um, first time chat from Toon Medic. Thank you for the hard work and the great content you guys bring each week. Thank you, Toon Medic, and welcome to the live stream for Game Face. I hope you'll be back next Tuesday. Um, Erebus Jones, my money is on them gouging the whales at the outset before they tone it back. That could be, but you've already set this awful precedent that, I mean, obviously, if you look around, like, again, go to YouTube and just search for Diablo Immortal Reviews, and it will just be a whole page full of thumbnails of people doing face palms. Mm-hmm. Like, so if that was the plan to to basically soak the whales at launch, it's backfiring because everyone is telling other people to not play it at all. Um, Cinetyke, any story to this game? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing is a story. There's, yeah, there's I mean, also characters from like Heroes of the Storm. I saw some characters from Heroes of the Storm show up in this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, kind it's of Diablo. like an all star cast. Oh, yeah, like the Necromancer from 2 shows up. Yeah, like there's, a, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff in it. It's, it's, there's a narrative there for sure. Yep. Um, it's just once the narrative ends, the, the casino begins. Yep, absolutely. Um, Vincent asks, why can't you just play Path of Exile instead, an actual ethical free-to-play Diablo-like? You can. Yeah. yeah no one's saying you can't. Uh, I would Pat, say, it's, I say a Path of Exile does not scratch the same, like, kind of bombastic, colorful, explosive itch. Like, you know, Diablo 3 and this have a certain feel to them in yep. terms of the size and of the, of the, you know, how powerful you feel and all that. And Path of Exile doesn't really... Path of Exile has a lot more Diablo 2 
uh, in it. That's a good way to put um, it, I think. Yeah. So I can see why someone would not find Path of Exile to scratch the same itch. Yeah. But I do think Path of Exile is definitely the more uh, morally competent game. Yeah. It's a decent animal. Or uh, or Titan Quest. Like Titan Quest is an amazing, uh, you know, point and click action RPG. Uh, and if you get all the expansions, it's like a fifty hour game. Uh, I should, which I have never finished because it. <laughs> Like, the original game's long enough, and then there's a whole expansion, and then there was another, the Viking expansion, and now there's another expansion. It's just, it just goes on and on and on. And so every, every, every skill tree combination is a different class you can make. Like, go get, and it's like 15 bucks about every five months. Like, go get Titan Quest. Yeah. If you don't already have it. That's still, that game still holds up. Yep. Uh, but I guess I would say in closing that uh, unless you have huge moral obligate or objections to something like this, like, play it. It's free. It's not big. It's not going to take up a lot of space on your hard drive. It's free mm. on both PC. And I didn't on... even like reinstalling Battle.net, if I'm honest. Oh, really? I, I already had it installed. I do wish, though, that Battle.net worked with my Steam Link because I wanted to play this on the couch in my living room, and it doesn't. Like, you, it only works with Steam, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a disappointment. But but I had fun with it. I played it for almost 20 hours, and I didn't spend a penny, and I had fun. I do totally understand the whole side of the coin with the hardcore Diablo players. I totally get why they would not want to play it and why they would try to convince other people to not play it because they don't want to encourage Blizzard um, to continue doing this, site, this, this type of thing. I do not think that that's going to happen. I think Diablo 4 is going to be just a normal Diablo where you pay your 60 or 70 bucks oh, yeah. and you play it like... I don't think there's also, a huge I, chance of this affecting. I think once they're fully do. acquired by Microsoft, Microsoft's gonna be like, okay, easy, easy, boys. Yeah, I mean, it may be like easy anyway. Yeah, like in the next week, <laughs> maybe yeah, making Mic- some phone calls. Yeah, Microsoft, Microsoft doesn't seem to really roll this way. Yeah, so I feel like maybe they're gonna be like, okay, you need to. Pull you might that see back some changes to this game pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of classic Diablo style now. It's like we're gonna launch this thing that's horror has horrifying things in it, like the auction house in Diablo three. Mm-hmm. Things that like, you know, the auction house of Diablo three was sort of a similar thing where it's like the gardener could have told you this was a bad idea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you run this by anybody? And like, yeah. and this one is just like six figures to max a character That's out. Insane, dude. Are you out of your mind? They, they like, it's like, like yeah. so yeah, you got to scale that back. You got to, you got to change everything there. Yep. I th- and I, to your point, I think if they had been under the Microsoft umbrella, this wouldn't have launched this way at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but Microsoft only has tertiary say in what Blizzard is doing right now. Vincent makes a point that Microsoft also purchased King as part of that deal, so they're clearly they're not. Oh super yeah, they're not to too it. adverse against. <laughs> but again, shady monetization. And the guys practices. who did the guys who did the video about how much it costs pointed this out. I don't care about King's games. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. Like the people who play those, it's, like, it's just I'm sure he does, but he doesn't. I mean, he's not like passionate about it in the sense that like this is this is part of the art of the medium. It's just a thing he likes to play, right? Yeah. Whereas like Diablo's different for most people. Yeah. Like for the hardcore gaming, you know, this is a game we've been playing for 25 years. Yeah, like it's different to turn have, to have it fall into that thing. Is like well, that's not a thing we're used to having, and like you know, we're used to paying a fee and. You know, I would gladly pay sixty dollars for another Diablo game that gave me all the content of another Diablo game, you know, which is what I assume what Diablo Four will be. But uh, you know, it, it doesn't help that like everybody was upset about Diablo Immortal when it was announced, and they were all like, "It's going to be like this," and then it turned out to be not just that, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> that is funny. Like the one thing they, the, the flags were there, the red flags. Oh, the one thing they listened to was like, "Is it only going to be on mobile? We'd like to play it on PC." Yeah. So I like, go, "Okay, sure." We'll <laughs> listen to that part. We'll steal money from PC exactly. players too. That's fine. Exactly. You know. They're like, "Oh, we can open up another." Tap to stream. continue, you little <laughs> shit. Go on. Tap it. Yep. 
Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Diablo Immortal. It's free on both iOS, Android, and PC. Um, I don't know. I think we've pretty much explained at this point whether people should play it or not. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it depends on your perspective on Diablo and your perspective on free-to-play games and what can be the scummy monetization thereof. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game I also played this week, although they make it about as big a pain in the butt as you can. (laughs) It is Mario Strikers Battle League for Switch. It had an open beta this weekend, and Matt, Nintendo, for whatever reason lately, has started doing these open betas where they're on very specific schedules. They Mm. did this with Nintendo Switch Sports, where... Everybody can download it and can be a part of it, but you have to show up at this exact time and it lasts for an hour and then it happens again six hours later. Instead of just leaving the thing up over the weekend and letting people play, it's like you can play from noon to 1 p.m. And then you can play, oddly enough, it was 4 to 5 a.m. Pacific was one of the other times. But I did find some time and basically I did what I'm supposed to do. I did the crappy part of this for you guys so you didn't have to do it. So... I followed along, and I went and I played, as much as I could, of Mario Strikers Battle League. It is an arcade-style soccer game. It is, I believe, the third installment of the franchise on Nintendo consoles. Uh, The first one was a GameCube game. The second one was for Wii, and there's been a huge gap before we get this one for Switch. It is a very good-looking game, what I would say, first of all. Like, it is the animation, the color, everything about this game does not look like it's a Switch game. This is also one of those games where you play it on a big TV and it doesn't suffer, which is rare for Switch. A lot of times you play Switch games on a big TV and they don't look quite as good as they do in their handheld forms. But this game holds up even on a gigantic OLED TV, which is what I played it on. Soccer is four on four. Um, As far as the gameplay is concerned, obviously it's not a soccer sim and there are tons of liberties that they take with the sport. Um, There are tackles and dodges. There are things called combo play which is like a give and go apparently hand slaps yes yep (laughs) there are items just like mario kart like you get green shells and red shells that you can use and send across the play surface there are bananas that you can throw down just like mario kart um there are stars that you can get that make you invincible Uh, so there's a whole selection of those there's a mechanic called hyper strikes where these orbs show up on the pitch you have to collect the orb before you execute it And then you go to wherever you want to actually deliver the kick and you have to hold the button and there's a long delay before you can actually perform the hyper strike. Um, Then there are things called perfect moves and that's just basically getting the timing exactly right on passes um, or tackles. And then there's a a mechanic called team tackles which end up to me being probably the most powerful move in the game. Basically you can just check one of your players and then they fly into the opponents and they fly like halfway across the court. So if you line up the other team just right, you can take out like three or four of the other team with one team tackle. So there's all these, and some of the stuff like the combo play, the give and goes, that's stuff that you find in FIFA. Now they've renamed it here and made it, give it a catchier name. But a lot of the stuff that you'll see in this game, you will see in some of the soccer simulations. Um, when When you start off, You choose your kit, which is basically the uniforms for your squad, and then you pick a stadium. Uh, There were five stadiums in the beta. The stadiums themselves don't really make much of a difference between each match. They're all standardized sizes. 
Um, the edge of the pitch is electrified. So if you get knocked into it, you get shocked and you get delayed. So you have to kind of watch that. Um, characters are rated in a number of categories. Uh, they're rated in strength, which is basically tackling, how strong they can tackle, speed, shooting, passing, and technique. And technique is an all-encompassing category that includes shot accuracy, curve, dribbling, and, and a hyperstrike. And the hyperstrike. Um, as you play through the game, you earn coins, and you can use those coins to buy gear for the head, the arms, the body, and the legs. The gear gives, but it also takes away. So, like, you may get a piece of gear that increases your strength, but that means that it will deduct from somewhere else. So there's really no way to use the gear system in this to create OP characters. It's just more of a way to create the exact characters that you want to play as. Um, once things get going, it's just total mayhem, Matt. It, it is so hard to follow what is going on. Like, I really struggled in this game to figure out where the ball was most of the time. <laughs> like, once I got down near the goal and we were attacking, a lot of times it became so insane that I would just spam the shoot button and just hope that the ball came to my character and they would just immediately shoot it. It became very difficult to follow, like, where the ball was going when... Especially when people started getting items and you had shells like flying all over the screen and then you stumble across a banana and then someone goes to do like a hyper strike. Um, I have a feeling that as I play it more, that will become more natural and I'll become better at that. But I played this for a couple hours and even at the end of those play sessions, I still struggled a lot of the times to figure out where the ball was or where it was going. It's so small. Yeah. Compared to like what that trailer shows. Well, yeah, because they do the close-up yeah. camera angles on all the replays and things like that. But at the same time, I will say I had a lot of fun playing this game. And even in the short time I played it, it did feel like it was a reliable game of soccer. Meaning it wasn't like you could just abuse one technique and just score every time. Like even like the hyper strikes. The it's weird to see Luigi get to be happy without getting hit by something. <laughs> Even those crazy, like, over-the-top cinematic strikes that you've been seeing in the footage, even those aren't 100%. Like, yeah, it, it looked like it reminds me of Super Dodgeball. A little bit. Like you, there's always a counter, even no matter how weird and overpowered the, the attack looks. Yeah. Yep. And, like, even if you do... So you do one of those hyper strikes, and your goalie sometimes will still save it. And then this kind of mini-game pops mm -hmm. up where there's, like, arrows, and you have to, like, basically spam the button... And, like, build up this meter to reject the shot as your goalie is slowly getting pushed backwards into the goal. So there's no just, like, end-all, be-all shot that's, like, always going to score. At least not that I've discovered so far anyway. Um, the roster of characters, so far there were 10 in the beta. It included Mario, Luigi, Bowser, Peach, Rosalina, Toad, Yoshi, Donkey Kong, Wario, and Waluigi. I have no doubt that there will be more characters in the final game. Um, also, the only mode that you could play in this beta, you could play the tutorial, which taught you the ropes of how to play the game, and you could just play 4-on-4 online, and that was it. So I didn't get to experience a lot of the other modes, and I'll be honest with you, Matt, that is one of my big concerns with this game, because most of the Nintendo sports games for Switch so far mm -hmm. play okay, but they have no content. There's nothing to do, yeah. Yeah, so either you enjoy playing competitively, which I do, but for a lot of people who don't, there hasn't been a lot to fiddle around with yeah, in the Nintendo Sports this, games. Yeah, there's going to be another Mario Tennis situation. Right. Or the, Mar the Mario Golf game that just came out. Same deal. It was mm -hmm. bereft of modes. And I don't know 
how this is going to play out. I'm just letting you know what is in the build that they shared with everybody for the open beta. And all it had was just online play, four on four. Um, I had a good time with it. Good enough time to spend 60 bucks or whatever it ends up costing. There's a mechanic I was talking about, mm-hmm. by the way, where you can reject the ball if you build up the meter. Um, enough to spend 60 bucks on it? What I've played so far? No, no way. <laughs> like There needs to be a lot more modes, and that remains to be seen exactly what ends up being in the final game. But I'll say this. It's a fun and clean playing game of soccer. I do hope, too, that you eventually have the ability to turn some stuff on and off because the items I thought was like overkill. It just became too much. When there's, like, red shells and green shells flying all over the place and you're trying to, like... Because the the actual soccer playing is pretty deep. Like, you can preload your shots and your passes. So once you pass to a character, while the ball is still on the way there, and this is in FIFA and all their soccer sims, but you may not expect to see it here. You can preload your pass or your shot before the ball even gets to that character. So you can do those give-and-goes or you can do those one-timers things like that. There is plenty of depth in this game if you just want to play kind of a straight game of soccer. It still is always going to be arcade style, obviously. You're playing with characters from the Mushroom Kingdom. But I hope that they give you the option to turn stuff on and off. I feel like the items are overkill. They're a little bit too much. But I do think they should have them there for people who want it. Um, So there's still a lot that remains to be seen. The game does come out here in like the next week. So we're going to find out all this stuff very soon, and we will have a full report on this um, when we have the final version in our hands. Um, But so far, I'd say I was pretty impressed with it. Um, Every team I played against had Waluigi. I think he may Hmm. be, like, one of the most popular characters in the Mushroom Kingdom now. He's up there, I mean, partly because they rarely use him for anything. Yeah. So he's sort of like, you know, Waluigi is one of those things that it's like, it's sort of like the Morbius thing. Like he became a meme. Right. And then he kind of got memed into re- in a reality. And then he <laughs> kind of get memed in a popularity. It's, it's, yeah. And now you can't tell who's serious and who right. isn't. <laughs> I like him. I always put him on my team. You can see he was on my team in this match. So um, I did have a good bit of fun with the game. I'll say that. But I do question its long-term, je- its, uh, long-term prospects and its longevity. A lot of that will depend on what ends up being in the final version. Mm, definitely of the needs game. more characters, I would say. Yeah, ten. I mean, if you're using eight, you know, you mean you're using four fifths of the roster in every in game. In each match, yeah. So yeah, so and I, my guess is there will be a lot more characters. Yeah, I would think you need double that. Yep. And the and like I said, the pitch doesn't really matter because they're all standardized. They're all the same size, and they all have the same hazards. Um, they only really matter when they show the replays of like the the crazy like hyper strikes because then you can actually see like, the arena. Just carrying the ball in his hand, like the, yeah. Yeah. Or Wario. Yeah. It takes liberties uh, with the game of soccer for sure. But again, like underneath all of the hijinks, there is a solid playing game of soccer there. So again, I hope that they mm-hmm. allow people to kind of set up the games and the matches the way they want to. Good enough for Maradona. Good enough for Waluigi. For, for, for Wario, I guess. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I just want to give you guys a quick update on that because I did spend some time playing it. Um, over the weekend during the open beta. And I know some of you guys may be wondering if you should pick it up. And we're not going to be able to do another game phase, I think, before the game actually comes out. Um, so I just wanted to get a report into episode 303 so you guys kind of know where the game is coming from before you have to decide to pull the trigger for yourselves. Um, and that's it. Let me see if anyone has any questions. Now, Vincent says, no, it's launching with just 10 characters. Wow. Wow. That's surprising. Um, Kevin Rafa asked, would you rather play this or Mario Tennis? I think that depends on whether you like tennis or soccer more, honestly. Because they're both kind of similar as far as 
how realistic they are versus how arcadey they are. Mm-hmm. So I think it really just comes down to which sport do you like more. Although, I would say Mario Tennis, I believe, launched with more characters than 10, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, so, yep, it's football. Well, I wouldn't say it's football. It's, it's definitely its own brand of football, to say the least. But I do think people who just like football... I don't think that they'll be completely turned off by. I mean, they're, 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 I think they're having a soccer versus football. Oh, debate. the soccer versus football debate. Gotcha. Soccer is a British term. Like we didn't make it up. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. It was, it was the original name, or an, an older name, and it became, then football. Yeah, in English. Interesting. But it became it became football like pretty much Afterwards. Every, everywhere but here. Wow. I mean, there are other languages that never called it soccer as an English thing. Yeah. But like. It uh, yeah, soccer is not an American invention as a term. Wow, I had thought that that was the case. Nope. Interesting. I think people always blame us. It's, it's what caught on <laughs> here, and then it. like, and then it really what happened is it got big everywhere else in the world and not here. Yeah. So we never kind of adapted with the rest of the world to call it football. Okay. That's all. All right. And then for whatever reason, we called the other game football. Yeah. And here we Which are. Which is like, really, you hardly use your feet at all in what we call football. That's the ironic Dutch. part. Yeah, Dutch makes it. We, we take a lot of Dutch and German and English. Yeah, Robolisk 9 says it's soccer in Dutch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not just America. But Sneaky brings up a good point. Use your feet. <laughs> and in football, you're actually carrying the ball. Yeah, well, it's like the, you know, and it's not like, you know, football is older. Yeah. I wonder why they did end up calling it football here. Like American football. American football? I yeah. don't know. It's weird. It's a good question. Like, you don't... I, I assume because it was more or less a version of rugby. So maybe there was more kicking then? I don't know. I don't, I'm not too familiar with early American football gameplay. Yeah. Um, it's probably just one of those things where Americans name a thing and don't think about it for another hundred years. <laughs> well, well, when a football originally launched, there was hardly any passing. You, mm-hmm. It was just all running the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, passing, honestly, is a thing that kind of came along, like, in the, like, 60s and 70s, where it became a prominent part of the game. And it just has grown mm-hmm. exponentially ever since. And now the NFL is almost all passing. Because they've changed the rules to engender that, basically. They want it to be a lot of passing, a lot of offense. So they've made it really tough on the defense to defend, and, and now everyone just throws the ball all game long. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. A little history lesson on soccer and football. You learn something in every episode of Game Face. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about what I believe may be the last ever micro console, Matt. Sega announced this week the Sega Genesis Mini 2, the second edition of the Sega Genesis micro console. And I'm really wondering if we need this. Oh, we need it. You think we need it? It's got Sega CD games. It does. We need it. That's the big thing, is that it does have Sega CD games. If it games. was just a bunch of more card- cartridge stuff, yeah, I'd be like, nah. But Sega CD stuff, bring it. Because bring it. most people never had a Sega CD. Yeah. A lot of these games... And most Sega CDs don't work anymore. Right. So, yeah, they've and died. Sega, and Sega CD is actually... I mean, they're they're not hard, but they're it's more complicated getting CD games to work in emulators. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because you got to deal with the BIOSes and stuff like that. Um, but like, yeah, this is, I absolutely bring this on, especially because we don't know everything is coming yet. They, they said there's going to be more. They've been, they're announcing in terms of titles. But if we were able to get the Sega CD version of like Snatcher out of this thing, yeah, like that would be great. If they said we, there's going to be 50 games so Dark, far. Dark Wizard. How about the Terminator? I mean, yeah. that's probably a licensing nightmare. But that had really good music. So far, they've announced Bonanza Bros, Fantasy Zone, Magical. 
Tururoto. I never even heard of that game. Shining in the Darkness, Thunder Force 4, Virtua Racing, Mansion of the Hidden Souls, Potful Mail, Shining Force CD, Sylphide, and Sonic CD. Sonic CD is great. Yeah, Sonic CD's on a bunch of other collections, though. Yeah. It's not quite as interesting. I like you know, Popful Mail's a good inclusion. Uh, Thunder Force is good. I would love to see them... Uh, I would love to see them bring in uh, Lunar. Yeah. Uh, the Lunar games, the original Lunar translations from working... I don't know what the... What well, I mean, the, there's still 40 left, yeah, so... Yeah, a lot left. <laughs> they only basically supplied 10 so far, so there's a lot more to go. Yeah, if you're going to, you know... If you're going to half and half them, 25 Sega CD games is more than the number of Sega CD games that are worth playing. That's yeah, true. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I assume we would get uh, Eternal Champions. Yep. The Sega, the I love CD that version game, that, Which is good. Yep. Um, I would love to see them do Dark Wizard, which was a like a Shining Force style. I've never uh, played it. I I baited, I like play tested that for really? Sega. Because Sega was in like, like in, the, in the town I grew up in, near, uh-huh. near the town I go, and they made a call out for like play testers, and we went, that was the game they gave us to play test, so we did that for, for wow. a few days. Crazy. Um, they didn't change anything based on any of our feedback, but we did do feed, uh, play testing and focus testing for it. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it's a fun like turn-based strategy, like mythical game where you like, you're, it's like kingdoms and fighting, but you can also have monsters. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would love to see um, uh, Revenge of Shinobi finally show up. Yeah. Uh, There's still some stuff left, that's that's for sure. Um, the details are that it is it doesn't look like the first Mini. It, the design replicates the second generation of the Genesis mm-hmm. that was introduced in 1993. Um, it includes an HDMI port. It displays at 720p and has linear, linear PCM audio. Uh, it uses a USB for power. Uh, while the first one came with two wired controllers, this one only comes with one. It comes with a single six-button fighting pad 6B. I mean, that's better because the other one came with a three-button. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. It's <laughs> so bad. Apparently, you're only getting six buttons one way or the other. Well, Matt, if you do own the original Mega Drive Mini, the previous controllers work with this new one. But they're useless because <laughs> they're three, three buttons. buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, as I said, you can use, be, I think you can use other controllers with it, if I remember right. You can. Yep. As I said, there will be 50 total games when it's all said and done. Um, there's I mean, also you turn a, this into the definitive Sega CD collection, like sold. Yeah. Done. No question. There's also a Megadora Tower Mini 2-inch decoration kit that replicates the look of the Mega Drive Mini 2 and the second gen Mega CD. Um, you even get a dummy virtual racing cartridge in Sonic CD to finish the whole aesthetic. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that into it. Uh, how much is this retailing for? I think it's like 80 bucks or something like that. That sounds about right. It's I mean, like expensive, I thought. Yeah, like, I think it is a little more than the than you expect for a micro console these days. It's 85 Yeah. It's $85 in USD. They haven't even announced it for the West yet, though. Yeah, I'm curious to see if how much stuff makes the jump right you know yep the extra controller will cost 25 bucks if you want one mm. which is kind of steep for an ancient steep. i mean there's not a lot you would need that for i mean you would probably you'd need it for if they do internal champions yeah you'd want to be able to play with multiple people but yep and so that's the details on it matt are you gonna import it or are you gonna wait and see if it comes to the u.s i'll see what they announce yeah but, uh obviously i'd rather have it in english but, yeah but if they only put certain things on you know one or the other, I might double dip or something if I have to. I mean, yeah. Sega. 
There might be like three games that's a, on the I'm Japanese one. I'm a giant one. sucker for Sega, but yeah. like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably. I mean, the, the stuff I'd be interested in would be like more like the Shining Force and the Dark Wizard and, mm-hmm. and Lunar, which is like that doesn't do me any good in Japanese. Yeah, so. yeah, it's tough. Um, and then obviously now that this was announced, a lot of people are like, "Hey, where are Dreamcast and Saturn mm-hmm. micro consoles? Are they feasible?" And Sega is basically saying, "No, they're not feasible." Mm-hmm. Um, the I, guy who produce, produces this stuff, Yosuke Ukinari told Famitsu that while it explored the possibility for both, producing parts turned out to be expensive because right mm-hmm. now parts for anything is expensive. And then his quote is, the development of new boards has been stagnant due to the coronavirus, and of course, it would be a fairly expensive product in terms of cost. So Yeah, the problem is, happening. like, I think you can do it. Like, Saturn emulation is pretty solid now. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have an emulator on my PC downstairs. I can just put a Sega, Sega Saturn disc in and play. And it oh, you can put the disc in and yeah. play off a disc. You can do both. Wow. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, like, I have a PlayStation 2 emulator that does the same thing. Like, it's, it's just you put the disc, I mean, you can do ROMs as well, but mm-hmm. I just put the disc in and play. Wow. Um, which is a lot easier. And then pulling out your old PS2. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, so, yeah, you can do it. I think the problem is he's right. It would be expensive to make that board. It would be expensive to dig all the stuff up. It would be expensive to, like, get everything back together and make everything work properly. And then how many people are going to buy a Saturn? Right. I mean, I would pay a lot of money for that. Like you put you put out a micro Saturn that has like Dragon Force and Iron Storm and Knights and Sonic three that Sonic collection Sonic Jam, um, uh, Panzer Dragoon one two and Saga. Like you 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 give me the greatest hits of Saturn, I'll give you 150 for that. Dude, people would buy it just for Panzer Dragoon Saga. I mean, it's cheap. buying the game by itself as long as is it's so less, expensive. Yeah, as long as it's less than four hundred dollars, right. it's a bargain. It's to a get bargain Panzer just for that one game. It would exactly. probably partly tank the price of that game oh, by would. making it available it would, yeah. in another way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that would be. But the other problem, of course, these games blow up to seven twenty p a lot better than the Saturn games do. Yeah. The Saturn games are ugly, and yeah. I have you know my Saturn does have an HDMI converter. I've played them on my you know that that 1080p, um, not 1080, it's not at 1080p, but it's that plasma, you know, that Panasonic mm-hmm. plasma you and I used to have. Yeah. Um, doesn't doesn't look great. Yeah, like it, it's it just doesn't. you know there's there's parts of Panzer Dragoon Saga where you're just like I don't know what I'm looking at. Like I don't know what that object is it's supposed, supposed to, to be. be. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. As for Dreamcast, I think Dreamcast would have a better um better angle on things but the problem with dreamcast is a ton of those games have moved forward to other platforms yeah uh, a lot of the other games that people think are, are that are iconic um have licensing issues like crazy taxi you'd never get that music again yeah. and is it crazy taxi if it doesn't start with yeah 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 like, it really it's like, isn't it's not it's, it's not what i want <laughs> right. you know like yeah i will go through the trouble of hooking a dreamcast up to hear that song it, as soon as i hit the accelerator yeah. like that's and you think about the big dreamcast games a lot of them weren't first party it was no like they were all just soul caliber or there were sports yeah. games like the 2k sports yeah. games stuff you'd like, never get the license to again or that like went on something else now. Yeah. yeah or that went on something else yeah like a lot of the the appeal was like it was the first of that generation so like why did everyone love Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the Dreamcast? Because it was the only home version of that that ran well. Yeah. It ran as well as the arcade, and you could play. But now you can get Marvel vs. Capcom 2 a couple different ways. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those games, you know, fight, it was a, it's a fighting game bonanza, but there's ways to play all those fighting games again, including the Capcom collection is coming out in a couple weeks, which is going to have a couple things that were only on the Dreamcast for like a long what? time. Like um, what? A couple of the, I mean, those are like some third run oh, okay. things. But you've got that. You've got um, 
um, Cyberbots, which I think was only on Dream- on Saturn. Yeah. Uh, never came out here. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Earth was only in the arcades. Um, stuff like fighting that. Evolution. Not, big, like, not huge stuff. Yeah, no, it's just stuff that like people like me that just like fighting games like to have in the library somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I have it already in a couple places, but it'd be nice to have it all in one place, you know? Oh, what's the Capcom Arena Brawler? For Dreamcast, everyone loves. I can't believe it's slipping Power my Stone. mind. Power Stone. Yeah. The Power Stone games. Is there any place to get that? No. I mean, I think that... Actually, there was, uh, there was a PSP Is there? version of Power... I think there was a PSP version of Power Stone 1 and 2, if I remember right. Okay. I think this is the only time they've ever brought any... Either if of they could back. get that on the collection, that might be... Might you be could definitely... Seller. I mean, you could definitely throw in like that and like Cannon Spike, which was oh. a, a similar sort of thing with uh, Capcom characters yep. that no one remembers. Um, and was, for a while, was like went for obscene amounts of money um there's dynamite cop 2 um yeah. but i think you're zero. right like there's a bunch of weird esoteric things but like things that would sell like a hundred dollar micro console probably not yeah it's you limited know, it's you know hard what i would make look it work at, for dreamcast i think we the, the news just came C-Man, out man you could slide on there man yeah the, the news just came out today that uh mr yukawa you know, the previous head of Sega from, you know, he was in all of his Dreamcast commercials. He was on the box. Yeah. For the Japanese. Well, yeah. I had that box with him, his face and all of that. Yeah. He, he, it turns out he died a year ago. Oh. And they only just released the news today. Why? I don't know. It was, a pri- it was private until today. That's all I read in the article. But yeah. He died weird. from like pneumonia complications. He was like 78. So probably COVID. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, so he, which was too bad. That, those, those ads were so good. They were. I mean, we remember him all this time later. Yeah, well, I just remember time. the one where it's like, it's like, what do you normally do, old man? He's like, managing director. And what do you do? What are you doing? What are you doing this for? He's like, what am I doing this for, indeed? <laughs> it's just like, what? yeah, it's, it's it's very good. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's he lives Sega- on as a shopkeeper in near the end of Shenmue. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, so there you go. That's the Sega Genesis Mini Two. Um, coming to Japan as of right now for around $85. Um, we don't know if it's coming to the West. My guess is it will. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people imported the first one because there was a delay for that one before it came to the West, yeah. right? I think this will come here. I wonder if the games will be the same. That's my because yeah. you know, like the like the PC Engine Turbo Graphics thing, where the, the American Turbo Graphics release was had a slightly different lineup. Um, but they also included some untranslated Japanese stuff on that too. So yeah, it's launching October 27th in Japan. Um, and you can probably get it through all your typical import stores, wherever place, whatever place you go typically to buy import stuff, you should be able to get it there. So uh, just keep an eye on that and uh, keep your browser pointed to Sifted and we'll let you know when that is scheduled to come to the West. Um, okay, it's time to move on to our final topic today. And we are staying in the Sega camp to talk about oh. Sonic Frontiers, the brand new open world Sonic game. Um, last week's show, the morning of the show, they put out the first trailer that showed any gameplay of sonic frontiers and i mentioned offhand that it did not look great and since then it seems the world has agreed with me in fact it has got to the point where there are large groups of fans asking sega to delay the game (laughs) i do not believe that any amount of delay is going to change well maybe not any but any reasonable amount of delay is going to change what these fans are really pissed off about, which is essentially that it's an open-world song. Yeah, the game is the game. <laughs> right. Like, there's no going back at this point. It is what it is. But 
in the course. Also, of at this point, are you real? Are you really shocked that there's a bad Sonic game coming out? Are you? Have, do you not have natural defenses for this by this point? Like, how many times do you need to be exposed to the Sonic virus before you build some antibodies up for this? Like, Matt, this isn't the Sonic tonic. No. <laughs> I think there's a renewed vigor for Sonic because of the films. I honestly think that the films oh, have yeah. caused people to get excited about Sonic oh, sure, again. Sure, but and, but but guess who didn't make the films? Right, Sega. <laughs> Yeah, although I think they did send one of their ringers to fix Sonic, the character model, I believe. I I don't have any proof of this, but I believe that the the Sonic model we had that they ended up using, I guarantee that that thing already existed. Oh, and they just there, were like, oh, there is no possible way that was not an internal argument between the producers and the studio or somebody like because like they had that ready to go way too fast. And the person that won was wrong. Yeah, person. Yeah, the person <laughs> one was wrong, and the director was like, I told, I, you know, I, I knew you. that we're, so we're gonna fix it. I'm like, yeah, that's a man who has had that argument for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, uh, I did find out that. Um, you know, in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie that just came out, there's a scene with Ugly Sonic where he's at a convention oh. and you get autographs from Ugly Sonic. It's the, it's the original model from the <laughs> no. trailer. Um, originally, that was supposed to be Jar Jar Binks. Oh, really? And apparently Lucasfilm was like, eh, let's not do that. So instead, they used Ugly Sonic. That that movie has so many weird... We don't want to talk about licensing issues. That movie has so many non-Disney things in it that like I can't believe... There's Transformers in that and wow. stuff. Because I'm like, I don't know how they cleared all that. But money. Yeah, That's how they but yeah, there's a whole it. thing with uh, they did not spend a lot of money on that. Yeah, that movie was in development hell for like 18 years. Wow. And finally, they were like, like they had a, yeah, it's been rebooted like several times. And I think a couple years ago, there's like just finish it, just get it done. Uh huh. Which is also what happened to Emperor's New Groove. Oh. Emperor's New Groove also turned out to be a madcap, wacky comedy that everybody really liked. So <laughs> who knew? Wow. Uh, so since then, since we did the episode last week. IGN has had an exclusive mm-hmm. on Sonic Frontiers. Actually, actually, you know what they could do to really make this game work, make get, get to, to boost sales of this game? Make Ugly Sonic an unlockable skin. <laughs> You're right, actually. If you can play as Ugly Sonic in this game, <laughs> you have got the meme people. Like you've got it'll that would work. So- Sega, I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. Like you put that in, people will buy this game. We will, maybe not me, but like yeah, people <laughs> people will do that. Like that would work. Yeah. I promise you, that would work. Yep. Uh, so anyway, IGN has been blowing this game out for the last week, and I, I don't think it's helped things. In fact, I think that's what's generated most of the fan ire. It wasn't really the short gameplay trailer. It's all the stuff that IGN has been showing since. Um, and then this morning, IGN dropped a huge video preview of the game where they actually included a lot of information, and we got a lot of information from that, and we're going to share it with you today on Game Face. First of all, I want to thank IGN for the footage that we are about to show you because they're the only ones that have gameplay of Sonic Frontiers on the internet right now, save for this very short gameplay trailer that you're seeing at the beginning of the B-roll here. Eventually, we'll get to the IGN footage. And again, I want to thank them uh, for uh, running this in Game Face. The plot of the game, Matt, is that after flying into a wormhole with Tails and Amy, Sonic is separated from his friends and all alone on an island. An AI voice convinces him... What we all wanted. (laughs) Get him away from the friends. (laughs) An AI voice convinces him to collect Chaos Emeralds. So it appears that there's like a Navi type... Uh, What what if you just did what you always do? (laughs) Exactly. Go on. (laughs) But it sounds like there's a Navi type character in this who's always Mm. like in your ear saying stuff. Um, 
And then Sonic Team said in a quote that its big goal with this game was to uh, create a mysterious tone relative to prior Sonic games. I mean, I'm con- I'm confused yep. as to why you did any of this, but yeah, <laughs> that may not be what you were going for. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I would say, Matt, you and I have t- discussed a lot about this game. Like, how do you get the traditional Sonic gameplay into an open world? And... The answer is they just have plopped that stuff down in the middle of the open world. Like you'll mm-hmm. hit a bumper and all of a sudden it'll just send you into this sequence of events where you're kind of on the whole Sonic roller coaster ride style of gameplay. And they're just everywhere in the open world, which is also a little weird because you have this world that looks very natural. And then there are these like ramps and rails and well, that's why it's mysterious. <laughs> they're just why are they there? <laughs> Seriously, like they're like the Easter they... Island statues. What yeah. is it? What is it happening? What is going on? Yeah. Um. So anyway, th- you know, there's these these sections littered around the open world, but then there are also legitimate old Sonic levels in this game. They're actually kind of like little bonus levels that you get teleported out to, and they're actually the rewards that you get for completing those because there are goals inside those like finish it in x amount of time if you complete those extra goals on those that is where you get the currency that you need to actually get the chaos emeralds so they're kind of important the more canned like guided levels the amount of work that's gone into this game by the way wow like whether it turns out to be a piece of crap or not i don't know but there was a lot of work yeah you can't say they didn't try no like there's a lot of stuff happening you can see just how far you can see and it'd be like oh i can get over there and i can do this stuff there and then there's these other fully curated sonic levels that they put in like a normal sonic pretty much what i thought it would be yeah um we'll see if it's any fun you know that's those are two different things yeah but uh i mean if you're if you're gonna insist on doing the open world sonic game i think this is pretty much what you do i don't know how else you could do it yeah i mean (laughs) it doesn't make a lot of semi it looks you know what it kind of looks like it kind of looks like 50 years later sonic found the remains of death strandings world (laughs) it's just like oh they're just building things everywhere i guess we're gonna slide on the rails you know i keep expecting Uh, to see norman reedus walk by with a box yeah um the open world is littered with puzzles and challenges um you complete them and that unlocks new sections of the map there's an assassin's creed like mechanic in this where if you complete certain puzzles it like and just like opens up a bunch of sections on the map and exposes like all the objects and items in that section of the map um there's a mechanic in the game where you draw circles around objects in the environment i believe they call it a psi loop is the name of the mechanic and you do that all the time in this game not only to solve puzzles you also do it to enemies to like expose their weak points you basically just run a circle around them very quickly and like certain enemies it will expose their weak points that you can attack um and that is done, again, not just for combat, but also for puzzle solving. Um, there's lots of time trial, missions at, time trial missions out in the open world where it's just like, hey, you need to get from point A to point B in X amount of seconds. Those look like a lot of fun, honestly, because they're not on like a given track and you can kind of find your own way there. So if you start to learn the open world and you're like, hey, I know where there's a network of rails that can get me over to point B more quickly, you can utilize those. You're understanding your knowledge of the open world can help you complete some objectives there uh combat a big deal for the first time ever in a sonic game there are tons of enemies and mini bosses out in the open world um the combat mechanics are kind of robust 
You can dodge using a shoulder button. If you press both of the shoulder, bu shoulder buttons together at the right time, you can actually parry attacks. There's parries in this game. Um, then the homing attack, which is Sonic's most popular attack that we've used throughout the years in Sonic games and all the Sonic Adventure games. Um, obviously, that's here and it's included, and it is also the primary attack. It is very sticky, and it allows you to kind of follow up with more attacks, which, again, is a mechanic that we're used to from Sonic games. But here it's kind of more important where defeating enemies isn't something that you can just do whether you want to or not, because that's kind of the way other Sonic games have been. Is you don't necessarily have to defeat the enemies. They're kind of there. You can just run past them if you want to. In this, a lot of times you have to actually defeat the enemies. Um, what else? Uh, defeating enemies, you earn XP. And then, and get this, the XP you then spend to unlock new skills from a skill tree. So mm. there is a skill tree in this game. Uh, most of the unlocks in the skill tree give you more options in combat because... Gotta go fast. Gotta go faster. <laughs> Gotta go fast fast. <laughs> I'm sure that's a big part of it too, running faster. But really, I mean, Sonic has one attack. It is the homing attack. That's all he's ever had. Oh, he's had a few. Like what? He's been able to throw energy at times. He could in the Sonic Adventure there was an item you could get that basically like you could grab an enemy and you could compress them down into a tiny ball and oh, right. throw them. That's right. I forgot about that. I mean nothing anybody used, yeah. but he has <laughs> but had there. other attacks. They were there. Okay, fair enough. Um, there are Shadow of the Colossus sized world bosses that are just roaming around the worlds. Um, I, according to IGN, these are in really rough and bugged and is giving them a lot of concerns because obviously they're important. They're the big mm -hmm. boss fights for the world. Um, but if you beat them, you get portal gears, which unlock portals to lin the linear stages I was talking about earlier. Um, and then if you complete those classic levels, as I said, um, you beat time targets, you get vault keys that ultimately unlock the chaos emeralds. And it's already getting, getting way too complicated at that point. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> okay, beat the bosses to get the portal gears to open the portals to get to the vault keys that unlock the chaos emeralds. What? <laughs> okay. Sounds like an open world game to me. Yeah, and then Sega, in, in working with IGN on this coverage, released a couple official statements. One of them says, um, this, is, this is designed to be an experience like never before. Accelerate to new heights and experience the thrill of high-velocity open zone freedom. Batter, battle powerful enemies as you speed through the Starfall Islands. I guess that's the island that it takes place on. And landscapes brimming with dense forests, overflowing waterfalls, sizzling deserts, and more. Yep. Man, that camera is not okay. I mean, the combat in this just seems like complete trash to me. Like, I feel like you could do something with it eventually, but like, what's what I'm seeing is I I can't even tell when it's a when it's cutting to. An, I, the cuts <laughs> to like his weird like cinematic moves look like they're cutting to a new scene. Yeah. Like I I've no idea where I am after it cuts away like that. And it still uses rings, so you collect rings, and when you get hit, you lose them, and you got to pick them back up. And if you don't, you get hit next, the next time you die. So that is a Sonic aesthetic that's still being maintained throughout all of this. Um, as I said, there's Assassin's Creed-style towers that clear the map and point to new areas of interest. Um, rumors are stating, and this is not from IGN, this is also not from any official channels at Sega, but there are some leaks suggesting that there are six playable characters, Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, Shadow, and a customizable character. And uh, there is hideous drawing in this game. Th this is one thing about making Sonic in an open world is that most game engines are not capable of drawing the stuff fast enough to keep up with Sonic. So 
there's just terrible drawing. Like, I know it's hard to see because this footage is a little bit compressed, but like the grass detail is constantly drawing in right in front of you. All of the objects, like the roller coaster stuff for Sonic, all that stuff draws in as you're like running up to it. Enemies appear, they draw in. It's just, I don't think you're going to find too many engines mm -hmm. that can draw a detailed environment quick enough to keep up with the speed that Sonic moves. And I this just, is the stuff they're showing us. Right. Yeah. Um, and I should add, too, that this footage is footage that Sega gave IGN. The video preview that IGN put up today, I believe, was stuff that IGN captured on its own. Um, and so definitely watch that video preview. Reward IGN for its hard work. You can watch the video preview at Sifted. It's curated. should be near the top of your SIF right now. And there's tons of extra footage. This, does, this did not use any footage from IGN's video preview. So... They have an extra eight or nine minutes of footage that we did not show you here on Game Face. Make sure you go and check it out. Again, you want to support good journalism like what IGN did with uh, Sonic. Now, I will say this. IGN's video preview was pretty positive. It even starts out with saying, look, we know most of you have watched trailers of this and you are disgusted by this game, but give it a chance. It's better than you think. I'm still not convinced. It would have to be. I mean, um, I'm still not convinced. I'll be honest. I still think the game looks like trash. I mean, I I think like the the traversal stuff and the the obstacles in the mid air. Like, I think that probably seems kind of fun. Uh, the combat looks like it's just going to annoy me. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. I'll say this. I am pleasantly surprised at how they have figured out how to make Sonic's traversal work in an open world. Mm -hmm. but you're right. The combat, any of the, like, and even IGN hinted at this in his preview, like the, and I said this, I think last week when I was talking about Sonic in 3D, it's very hard to be accurate with him because he moves so fast. Yeah. And even and, though and he seems to be pretty homing about it, but like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's one of the bosses that we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. the shadow of the Colossus sized bosses, but they said almost all the boss fights are bugged. Like, mm -hmm. the stuff doesn't work the way it's supposed to. you got to remember, Matt, this game is supposed to come out this year. Yeah, I mean, I like what they're after in a lot of this here. Like, I don't know. Oh, that's they, they gave them that footage, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's exactly. the thing. is like, this is what they're choosing to show us. Right. Yeah. Yep. How are you feeling about it, Matt? I mean, it's Sonic. I don't really... Care. I don't, you don't, I don't care. A, I don't have a dog, and I, I came to terms with the fact that Sonic games sucked long ago. Like I, <laughs> I don't care. Like it's, yeah, it's no different. At least they're trying something new instead of just doing the same thing over and over again. Again, it also appears that the drawing the circle around things is a really big mechanic yeah, in this it, game. That's like, a big deal. It is used all over the place, and uh, I don't know that it's something that you want to I mean, use over and over. I mean, I liked it in Nights. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, it is. It's, That's it's, where it's that comes the from. Nice mechanic. Yeah. Um, were, I don't know, man. I uh, I'm gonna keep my mind open, and I will say this: like IGN's preview was a little more convincing than I was convinced about this game, but not much. So I don't know. <laughs> they're trying. Yeah. And it's... like I said, there, you get there's a lot of work that has gone into this game. What no the hell it. was that? Like, like yeah. It's just the like, why did the camera even cut there? I know. Like, why would you move the camera? Like, why can't you just show what he did? They want to make it cinematic. But like, you can make that cinematic without moving the camera 180 degrees. It's yeah. very weird. I mean, I hope that's just because it's early or whatever. But like, yeah, I, mm, mm. 
Like that feels like an unforced error to me. A lot of the camera. The camera <laughs> I feel like there. this whole game is an unforced error. Like there's something you there's something to be said for what they're after here. I just don't know if it's getting there. I mean, I think honestly, a lot of this game is going to hinge on how good the linear stuff is. Yeah, like that, like, all, that concept levels. for that boss, like that's solid. Yeah, but like it just looks like it barely works properly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little more encouraged. I mean, some of the, the some of the like delay Sonic stuff, you know, like that that boss battle would probably be a lot better with six more months of polish on it. Yeah. So I think it's. I don't think it's going to come this year, Matt. I think by the time IGN is finished with this month of coverage. I think fans yeah. are going to be so pissed off. Oh yeah, I mean, look, if you've got if it, if in this year you've got your core fan base saying like, please don't give us this game yet. Yeah, I mean that's like, terrible. Yeah, that's the worst thing you could have heard. Yeah. Is don't don't, don't release don't this do game. this yet. Don't. <laughs> like yeah, I I think you gotta respond to that. Yeah, you have to listen. I think it's going to be delayed. Like so many other games that were supposed to be released this year, I really think this game's not going to be released in 2022. But We'll see. I mean, and for once, it's just like, oh yeah, probably you probably shouldn't do that. I mean, Sonic could or Sega could just cut its losses and be like, look, like we've been busting our asses on this game for like five years. And yeah, I mean, it might, but you would think that Sega would think there's more on the line now with the IP after the film. Yeah, now that they've got functional films. I mean, I got my nieces and nephews. They love Sonic. They did not care about. They didn't even know who Sonic was mm-hmm. three or four years ago. And now they all have, like, and I bought them, like, Sonic lamps and all, like, these Sonic, like, light projectors in their rooms. Because they asked for them. They're like, get me anything Sonic. And I did. So, I don't know. I think they, they need to delay it, Matt, if it's not ready. They they can't release a piece of trash as a Sonic game again. Yeah. So, we'll see if they do. Um, but I do have a feeling that it's not going to get better as IGN's exclusive coverage rolls on throughout the month of, of June. I just... I just don't see it happening. So it is interesting, too, how IGN has positioned itself in a way as like a magazine mm-hmm. because they're calling this like a cover story or whatever right. because they they couldn't sit back and watch Game Informer gobble this stuff yeah, up because it's, yeah. it's not about just one trailer that they get exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's a whole month of coverage. So they're basically replicating the Game Informer model now where they get this whole month of exclusive video and exclusive access and interviews and all that kind of stuff. So it's smart. Like IGN should be doing that. So uh, once again, thanks to IGN for uh, letting us run the footage of uh, Sonic in the show. And again, there is another nine minutes, I believe, um, live on the site right now that you can go watch that is footage that we did not include in this segment of the show. I think that's it. And you have anything you want to add on Sonic Frontiers? Nope. Let's take a look at the chat and see what they're saying about it. Very I think quickly. it probably should be the. I mean, but then again, who knows if that's going to help? Yeah. I mean, I do think the combat and the and the boss stuff looks like real. It looks really rough. That could be helped by more polish for sure. Uh, you're not going to be able to change the whole format of the game, but you could at least make the stuff you have to do a little less. Like I can see just watching that game that playing that game would not feel good. It would it would feel like you're ne- you're waiting for something to you're waiting for him to trip or get caught on the scenery or you're waiting for like you know you would ha- I would have no faith in the game's ability to run itself. You know what I mean? You, you know yeah. you know that feeling when you're playing a game that's that's a little just a little janky and you're like, "Oh, I wish I could be sure that I'm going to right you know, ro- go up that wall and jump over there and do the thing and I want to do." It's going to work the way it's supposed to. And not going to like you know, get caught up on some random piece of geometry. That will drive me nuts. Yeah. And you're right. It very well could have tons of stuff like that in mm-hmm. it. 
Yes. Like I can see a lot of times when you're trying to do like a launch through something and like, oh, you hit some invisible thing up there and now he just stopped dead and falls straight down. Yep. You know, like it's just I mean that's what IGM was hinting at with the boss fights. Yeah. Is that they just don't work the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. Um Evil Ani five, I swear that it's a sequel to Sonic 06. <laughs> I mean, that is certainly the thing that I think of when I see it. Yeah. I mean, it already looks better than that game, but like, yeah, that is that is the last time they tried something like this, pretty much. Uh, Cinetike says, feels like another, quote, we must make it open world, unquote, victim. Yeah. It does feel like they're kind of shoehorning the open world into Sonic a little bit. I, I think this is more of a, like, oh, this is a new direction or something else we can do with it. I think we're ready to try this now. And then, like, maybe they weren't. Yeah. Because otherwise, your other option is just to make another Sonic game. <laughs> That's true. Which they are kind of making anyway. They're just hiding those parts of the game behind yeah. a door. Which is fine. Yeah, like, it is. Uh, Veritas no, says, of, let Sonic these, video games die. Just none stop. of these ideas are bad. They are just not being executed very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Timon attacks chili dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Evil Oni also says, are we sure they didn't just put Sonic in the PSO2 engine, the Fancy Star Online 2 engine? It looks like it might be built in the PSO2 engine, it, actually. It, it, it has a Dreamcast uh-huh. like texture to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Erebus Jones says this game just looks like open world time sync 15 Sonic Edition. I just don't have enough life left to play this, so very meh. I hear you. I am at the point in my life where I am starting to really look at my time and what I spend it on anymore. And uh, games like this typically I'm starting to like excise from my life. <laughs> uh, Vincent asks, What do you think of the Pokemon Scarlet Violet trailer that also launched last week? That's also taking an established op- series open world. I actually didn't watch it. Did you? No, I didn't see that. I missed it somehow. Yeah. Um, Schneeky asks, should Sonic be given a new, to a new team other than Sonic Team? He's been he's been given a, <laughs> to a lot of yeah, teams. It doesn't really matter. None of, none of it really changes yeah. anything. Yep. All right. So there's our uh, chat check-in for Sonic Frontiers. Sounds like you guys are pretty much feeling the same way Matt and I are about the game. A little more encouraged, but not a lot. So we'll see. Maybe we'll see something toward, as the month goes on that IGN has in its coverage that Kind of moves the needle a little bit, but as of right now, what I've seen so Probably far... Probably not. Not so much, yeah. Um, and with that, it's time for Name That Game. That's right, we're back for the second week in a row. I should also add that the person... What was it? Like OCD Master 1 or whatever, one last week? Maybe, I can't remember. No, you never reached out to us for your game. You never DM'd me anywhere. So don't forget, we still have the game waiting. We're holding for you, uh, the person who won last week. Uh, but we have a new winner... Coming up this week. And again, I have toiled to try to make this last Hmm. past the first image. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. I'm not 100% confident because you guys are just too damn good. That's really what it comes down to. You guys are just too good at this. Um, For those of you who don't know, there are some first-timers on the stream today. I know that for a fact. Um, For those of you who don't know, Name That Game is just like the title insinuates. You are trying to name that game. I will show you a series of five screenshots uh, that become progressively more obvious at what the game is, and you try to guess it. You are playing against Matt. You have to guess the name of the game before Matt can. You guys win all time. And times. they will. What, <laughs> and, and you probably yeah. will, because you have the internet at your disposal. You can use Google and things like that to help you. Sure, um, I mean, the internet doesn't help that much with these. You, have, you Well, look, they're guessing it in the first, like, yeah, but two you, seconds. Well, they are to see it or they don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but you do win ties. Yeah. Like, our objective is that we want to, you want, we want you guys to win. So um, if Matt 
says the name of the game, and I look over, and a couple seconds later, you guys put the name in there, you guys get the win. Yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with, like, like there's a, you know, all the Wordle ripoffs. There's one called Hurdle, which is songs. And so, like, it starts with one second and, like, builds uh, up from there. It's like, like, name that tune from yeah. the 80s or 70s. And, like, today, you know, last couple I've known the, from the first second of a song. Oh, really? It's just, like, the today's was, like, yep, I know what that is. And the last, yesterday's was, like, it's just one drum beat. But it's only one song could be that drum. You know, if uh, you just know it, you know it or you don't. Yeah. And if you do, you're just like, that's that. And I was like, what the fuck? And if you don't know, it's like, no chance. Hmm. You know, that's it. It's, but you're always going to have someone, I think, in this chat that's going to know, be, be the person who knows it instantly based on it because of the, the breadth of knowledge present here. Okay. Well, let's do it. It's time for. Okay. Are you guys ready for the first screenshot, the first clue? Get your fingers ready. Get ready to type. Because <laughs> I'm terrible at this, and you guys always guess it on the first image. And here we go. The first image for episode 303's Name That Game. And I'll give you about 10 or 15 seconds with each one. I can't even see that. That's the idea. <laughs> Alan Wake. Nope. Resident Evil Village. Nope. Skyrim. Nope. God of War. Nope. Skyrim's a good guess. There's Resident Evil trees. 4. Nope. Blue Dragon. Nope. Alan Wake. Nope. Last of Us. Nope. A lot of Alan Wakes. Until Dawn's a good guess. He just got it. That's it. How? <laughs> How? <laughs> How? I think that was a guess. That was. Just, that had to just be a wild guess. That's like, just, I think people just started guessing any they're scary just guess, game. They're guessing horror movies that were in the woods. Yeah. Or horror games that were in the woods. I mean, there's no, there's nothing in that screenshot that denotes that it's Until Dawn. It's over, guys. They got it. <laughs> Jeez. This is insane. Like, Spooky cabin, they said. Like, I don't... I can't tell that's a cabin. I, I mean, it's just a rooftop in the woods. That's all it is. You're lucky it wasn't called that. Rooftop in the woods. <laughs> this is crazy. I just don't think this is going to work. You guys are just, you're just going to keep guessing until you finally guess it. Like, Maybe you should just do one screenshot. Yeah. Like, don't bother doing the other four. Maybe. Yeah. GX Gear, you won. So uh, send us a DM. You can send it here on Twitch. And please, I don't know if, is GX Gear won already? I can't remember anymore. I can't either. It's been too many. But look, if you've already won, don't play. <laughs> Let other people win. And then maybe you're probably good at it, which means maybe we'll make it to the second image one week. But I don't know if this is going to work. Because what happens is you put something up, it gives them the general idea, and they just start guessing. And mm. eventually they're going to guess the right game. What maybe you should do is you should take it down after a certain amount of time. That might be a like good five idea. five seconds and Actually, down. that's a good idea. That might help. But still, you're like, horror game. So let me just yeah. start guessing all the horror games. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what they were doing. It could have not been. You know, that could have been... a that could have been i don't know ratchet and clank i mean with, with the dude, it could have been down. evil dead that we just covered on game face like a week and a half ago like it could have been a billion games but at the end you're just going to keep guessing them until you get it right so anyway i'll go through the other images here just for giggles here's the second one that one i would have known you would have known that was until dawn yeah how come this is a quality of the of the graphics interesting plus the the shutters there yeah i would i would have i would have guessed until dawn on that wow one. That one, I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's a two eyeballs, two eyes. Is I'm, it? On like a demon, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Looked like a tree to me. That's the third one. Here's the fourth one. I, this one I was pretty much guaranteed would have given it away. Because that's like the box yeah. art for the game. And if that didn't work, this one definitely would have. Yeah, everybody's outfits. Yep. Well, just the fact that it's like five teenage five looking. I, remember, I definitely remember her pink jacket. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, I keep, I'll keep trying, guys. GX Gear, congratulations. Send me a uh, send me a DM somewhere, and um, we'll get you your free game. And we'll try it again next week, and hopefully I can do better. Someday I'll get to at least a second image. <laughs> I hope anyway. Uh, anyway, actually, here's your round of applause for winning GX Gear. And again, you can send me a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM on Sifted, on Twitter. I am at Dimfire. Anywhere you can get at me, just let me know, and we'll get you your download code for your free game. And you know what? In honor of this, I will make sure that it's a horror game so that it, the theming all works out. Um, Cinetyke, I know this is disappointing for Shane, but this is cool and epic for the chat. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. If you guys are enjoying it, that's really all that matters in the end, at least for me. That's really the whole purpose of the whole show you guys enjoying yourself so if you enjoy playing in that game even though you guys guess it on the first image every freaking time then that's good enough for me um okay we're gonna get to some q a and to do that go at sifted games in the chat and while you're doing that here's a here's a word from our sponsor a once in a lifetime property is now available in northwest montana featuring 92 acres of gorgeous wilderness approximately one mile along the blue ribbon trout rated Kootenai River, and an eye-popping view of the Cabernet Mountain Wilderness area. This is truly an outdoorsman's paradise. You can use the restored and remodeled barn with living quarters as a year-round home, vacation cabin, fishing retreat, horse ranch, or cattle ranch. Contact Doug DeShazer today for additional pictures, information, and an opportunity to view this very special piece of Montana. And with interest rates starting to rise, now is the time to pull the trigger on a home or property. Even if you're not able to relocate to Montana, worry not, sifters. Doug DeShazer has facilitated home and land sales in California, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. He can find you the perfect real estate agent for the job, no matter where you live in the U.S. Feel free to contact Doug with any questions regarding real estate at DeShazerMT at gmail.com or give him a call at 406-291-1643. That's 406 406- Two nine one one six four three. Thanks again to DeShazer, Ryan Realty, for sponsoring Game Face. All right, let's get to some questions here. We can't G- GX do Gear says, it's fun to see Shane try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say this. There was only one person that got it right. There was like a ton of guesses, and only one yeah. person got it right. That's an, that's an upgrade over the last couple yeah. weeks. There's also the option of um, you could just take one screenshot that is pretty indicative of the game and pixelate it tremendously five different levels. I mean, I do. I am zooming in these screenshots. Yeah, but what a I lot. mean is, what I mean is, like, it's a, it's just a screenshot. It could be anything. It could be the cover. It could be yeah. something very iconic. But you pixelate it like five different levels to the point that like the first one is just blurred color. You know, yeah. it's just huge and sometimes I mean, I've, they I've, may still get it I, well sometimes yeah i've seen there's a there's a the show on uh i think it's college humor um um actually and like they have one, one of their questions is like here's an, a blurred nerd related thing and we're gonna unblur it slowly and whoever buzzes and i've gotten some instantly like just just something about like i know 
that movie poster with the color here and color here, and I know that that's Star Wars. Or yeah. I know, sometimes you do know it. Yeah. But uh, it can be shocking how people recognize some of these it's things. It's crazy. Yeah. You guys are great. You're awesome at it. There's no doubt about it. Um, thanks for playing. And GS Gear, get at me so uh, I can get you your free game. Let's get to some questions here. Eth Demon, what do you think of Jeff, Jeff Gerstman going independent? You almost said Jeff Goldblum, didn't you? No. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed to start over 4.5k patrons, number of people on the first day. I didn't even know what was happening. Like, I didn't know that that's what was going on. Like, I didn't see his... I know he was doing, like, a stream today or something, um, but I didn't know, like, what the result of that was. So he just started his own Patreon, just him. Yeah, he started a new podcast. It's just him? I, I don't know. Huh. Okay. I mean, he's, he's doing it. I mean, I imagine he'll bring other people on, mm-hmm. but uh, it's his thing, yeah. I mean, 4.5K patrons, if they're all paying $4 a month, <laughs> he's doing yeah. very well. Doing fine. Wow. He'll, be, he'll make way more money than he was making a giant bomb. But he yeah. also, you got to remember, he's already been paid out for, buy, for yeah, a he's, giant he's bomb a giant being bomb, purchased. So yeah. I'm sure he was making probably close to 200K a year as part of his contract because he was the founder of Giant Bomb and mm-hmm. it was purchased. I mean, he's rich. <laughs> like, really rich. Mm. Yeah, he is. Really rich? Mm. I mean, not your rich. Not yeah. your family's rich. But he's probably worth, like, 5 or $10 million. Oh, no. Oh, no. yeah. Cool. Giant Bomb, I guarantee, no. was bought for at least $2 he's, or $3 million. He's, he's, well, yeah, but he didn't keep a lot of that. He's, he's If you're talking about including whatever house he might have, like, I'm, I'm going to say around 5 3 to 5 yeah, um, that's really rich. But no, it's not. Like three to five million dollars. Three, three to five million dollars. Okay, chat. Is three, three to five, five million dollars really it's, rich? It's a lot. <laughs> no, not when it's all tied up in real estate and you can't get to that money. He's you're speaking for yourself. Though. No, I'm speaking for him too. Like given where he lives and given, like that is he lives in he's Petaluma. Doing, he's doing fine, but he's not like gonna buy a yacht or anything. No. Like he's not Pactor. Like he's rich here. compared to me and the people in sure. the chat. Compared sure. to you, no, it's a drop in the bucket. But, but but what I'm saying is like, you know, people like there, there's a there's a net worth site I saw that that estimated Jeff Gersman's net worth at seventy six million dollars. Oh, that's insane. which is and like all these other people. Like if you Google Jeff Gersman net worth, the big the most common figure you will find is seventy six million dollars because insane. of that one website, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, that's that's he, absurd. He's probably the most the best paid game journalist of all time in the oh, yeah. end when you take into account everything yeah. but like he didn't make 70 million he's, he's not he's not like hollywood well, wealthy well let's put it this way he's a multi-millionaire he's already doing, yeah he's doing fine yeah um <laughs> and i don't think this is i mean this is a pretty much a year after you know all the others left and like it sounds to me like after the acquisition he had a year he signed a year contract and now it's over that's probably true like i don't think anything dramatic happened here yeah like, did did he say anything about what happened i don't think so he I, he probably can't he's probably here's the other thing he probably just got a gigantic severance on top um, of it all I mean, he probably can't talk about what what happened because he signed an nda for the maybe. severance i mean if he quit you usually don't get that but he might have negotiated something a year ago. Like, yeah. What I'm, you know, I'm sure it was part of the thing with the other guys. All I'm sh- probably sure that some of them could have resigned too, but they want to do their own thing for a while now. Yeah. And he, you know, stay on for a year, help with the transition, guide the, the stuff, and then you know walk away with probably a fine uh, year's salary and uh, step down. And he probably knew that like he could you know move right into Patreon and 
have have a good uh, a, a good pledge base to begin with, and here we are. Yeah, like you know, and I guarantee you, one way or the other, it's going to be better for his stress levels and mental health, and not have to sit in meetings with CBS people anymore. Yeah, so for sure. I guarantee you, he's been dealing with corporate bullshit and bureaucracy for a year, and I'm sure he's well over it. I think he's been doing it for more than a year. Oh, more than a year, but like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that is, I think, you know, the, the biggest relief of no longer working for a giant corporation is no longer working for a giant corporation. Yeah. So, yep. Um, if you can do it on your own, why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is, um, I mean, I'm glad to hear that he's still working in games. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah, he's definitely not going away. Yeah, because our people, let's be honest, Matt, are dropping like flies. There yeah. just aren't many of us left. So, it's good to see that he's going to stick at it. I mean, I figured he was either going to start his own thing again, or he was going to he taken like a job and. I thought he might just retire. I'll thing. be honest. Like he has more money than he'll ever spend. So I really don't think that's true. He lives in Petaluma. He doesn't live in the Bay Area. Petaluma is not cheap either. Back though. when he bought his house, like twenty years ago, it was dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Him and not Ryan, and the, his whole crew of Giant Bomb were from that area. Yeah. And those houses back then were literally like 300 grand. Oh, they were nothing. But now yeah. they're well, way yeah. more. So he's even more rich because his $300,000 I mean, house is now worth $2 million. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't help him unless, unless he's borrowing money against it, which I guess yeah. he might be. But like what I'm saying is unless he has gotten real lucky with investment stuff, he probably does not have the money to live on forever unless he's being very frugal about it. He still needs to have some kind of income. I think that. he'd have to spend like a maniac to spend all his money. You never know. Um, Owning house, just the property tax. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Although in Petaluma, it may not be too brutal. I mean, Petaluma is California. California's property tax is what it is. In general. Yeah. Um, especially if he's done any work on the house, that gets reevaluated. Yep. So it's it's a, all the value of the house, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yep. Uh, let's see. Erebus Jones. More GoldenEye achievements leaked this week. Chances of a shadow drop on Sunday. I think that's very likely. Yeah. We've been hearing rumors about that for a long time, GoldenEye on Xbox, mm-hmm. and now like people at Rare have been playing it, and they're popping achievements. I think yeah. it's that pretty would, much That would deal. be a, a pretty solid thing to drop during that conference. Yep, absolutely. And it would generate a little bit of hype. Um, did you watch The Boys Season 3, Episode 1? I've never watched The Boys at all. Have you ever watched it? Uh, I have only watched the first season. Okay. Um, which I thought was fine, uh, but I like the comic better, and I really don't like that the boys don't have powers mm. in the in the show. Uh, I do think the, that Homelander is a way more interesting character in the show. Um, but overall, I just didn't feel like I was missing anything by skipping it. So Okay. Um, Norix Nessie 94 I meant to ask last week, but what game did you enjoy more, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order or Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga? Fallen, Fallen Order, Order for me. Fallen Order. Yeah, sure. by significant amounts. Before yeah. Lego Star Wars came out, I might have been surprised by that answer, but I think, like, I think Skywalker Saga... Uh, missed the mark. In yeah, it ended places. up not being as great as I thought it was going to be, no. in particular for how much time they spent working on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norix, thank you for Twitch Prime, by the way, brother. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, why is Capcom doing a not E3 showcase this year after last year's disaster? Are you going to cover it? I didn't even know they were doing it, so no. Yeah. <laughs> they just shot their load in the state of play. Yeah, they had some good stuff in them. I don't know. Maybe they got to show Dragon's Dogma 2 finally. Maybe. Deep down, finally coming back. <laughs> That's one from the archives. Um, Zet Saber Juno, who, by the way, said that if we only showed the screenshot for five seconds, they would just screenshot it, which True. is probably accurate. Um, do you believe a physical E3 will happen next year? Should we assume the ESA is just pledging right now? 
Yes, I think it will. I mean, it's all going to hinge on COVID again. I mean, they probably intend to. Yeah. Will it, will COVID's that happen? so hard to Who predict. Knows? Like, the numbers are going up again. Like, I just saw yesterday. It's, it's all starting to go up again. It yeah. really sucks. California's like, got the lowest per capita numbers in the country, though. I know. Doing all right. But they're still going up. J.M. Rain, thank you for this. We're surrounded by dark colors, and we're like, like nothing. Yeah. And it's still pretty bad here. Yeah. It's worse now, hospitalization-wise, in L.A. than what it was when we locked down. Yeah. It's true. And to be fair, not as many people are dying, but... Yeah. Thank you, Jam Rain, for the subs you're giving out to our audience. That's awesome. Um, thoughts on the Disney cart racer? I didn't even watch the yeah, footage I didn't, for it. No, Did you? No. no. Um, you don't need my thoughts on that. Just, no one, no one, no one's going to fall for that. Kevin Rafa, which former Sifted show would you bring back if you had the time and money for it? Um, oh, there's so many. Um, hmm... Today's high score, the Colin show, I still think that someday that's going to be done and it's going to be gigantic. I think, you know, I think someone with a huge audience could do it right now and it would be gigantic. We just didn't have a big enough pool of fans to participate in it. But I think a call-in, like radio-style call-in show for games is going to be huge someday. So I would love to do mm -hmm. that. Um, any of the podcasts that I've done recently that we had to stop doing, Three Night Weekend, I thought was great. I think that would be worth bringing back. I think Good Morning Gaming, I would love to bring back. There's so many, um, but those are probably the three. Um, if money were no object, I would do a bonus round style show. But Yeah, if you were like flying people in from across right. the world and stuff. Yeah, but money is an object, unfortunately. Uh, the Legacy, thank you for Twitch Prime. And we'll answer one more. Wampler13, do you think there is any chance Xbox brings back one versus 100? <laughs> do you remember that, Matt? I remember that. I liked that. It was fun. Yeah, yeah it was like, a, if you could free, if you don't know, it was a quiz show where it was literally you versus 99 other people. Mm -hmm. Or was it actually 100 people? It was 99. It was 99, yeah. Because it's called 1v100. Actually, actually, I think it was 100 people in the audience and then one person get picked to be the one yeah, and then like if someone got eliminated, someone else got pulled out to be the one. I think you're right. Actually, yeah, yeah. that was a lot of fun. I don't know fun. why it went yeah. away. It was very expensive to do. Oh, was it? Yeah, same same reason uh, that quiz up thing went away. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Where it was live every yeah, couple. Yeah. Of, yeah, like that stuff just costs a lot of money, and like it, and the, the sponsors would eventually abandon it because like they were not seeing a result. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I really liked one versus a hundred. It was it was it was probably the, one of the best uses of Xbox avatars ever. Yeah, it's great. I had a lot of fun with it. I played it for a long time too. You could real, you could win real money. Yeah, that's right. That's why it was so expensive. That's why it was so popular too. It's <laughs> also why it's so expensive. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, that's There's it. a live production. That's not nothing. No. That's, that's a hard thing to do. It is. At the best of times, yeah, believe me. Now you involve, now involve digital representation <laughs> software. Like, yeah, that was a, that was impressive. They got it done as long as, as long as they did. I just I just spent two days of pre production on this show, literally, like all almost all day Sunday and almost all day yesterday to prepare for this show. Two days of pre production for one episode of Game Face. So I know all about the demands of a live show. But we made it to the end. Here we mm -hmm. are. Um, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services out there, it would really be great if you could go to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge. Um, we really need the help. Uh, you can even pledge just a dollar if you just want to help us out. But if you pledge $4 or more per month, you get all our content early. That's at least four days early. In the case of Pactor Factor, it is seven days early. It would really make a big difference for us. If you can't afford to pledge, and I... Totally get it because I'm also broke now, so I can understand why you maybe can't pledge. And if you can't afford to, uh, you can help us out with uh, Twitch Prime, as a lot of people do during our live streams, um, like the Legacy just did. 
Um, and the instructions for that are down in the description if you're watching the show on YouTube. But essentially, you just link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, um, and then you just subscribe to our channel every month, and we get a free $2.50 per month for every person that does that. And our numbers for that have been way down. People have stopped doing it. So uh, if you are one of the people who have stopped doing it, please go and do it. That would be awesome. Um, but other than that, yeah. Another show in the books. We'll be back here on Sunday for the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase. Our show kicks off at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 on the East Coast. We'll do a big pre-show where we'll kind of make predictions of what we think is going to happen in the showcase. Um, we'll do live commentary during the showcase. And then we'll do about 30 to 45 minutes of post-show analysis after the showcase. So hope to see you guys on Sunday. I know if you're like us, and you're on the West Coast, that is going to come really early on a Sunday morning. I still don't know why Microsoft decides to do it this way when there's no other press conferences on Sundays, but here we are. So we'll see you guys on Sunday again, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30, just a little bit afternoon on the East Coast for the big Xbox and Bethesda showcase. So Matt, thanks as always for hosting us here at your home and being a great co-host. We'll see you on Sunday. Game Face is up and out.